Starting at the top of your head, relax your scalp completely. Feel the skin of your forehead and temples relax. Allow your eye muscles to release, your jaw to soften, and let your ears, nose, and chin, teeth, tongue, and gums relax. Now just let this peaceful feeling flow down your neck. Feel it soothe your throat and dissolve any tension on contact as it glides down to your shoulders, upper arms, forearms, wrists, and hands. Let this peaceful sensation of relaxation begin to fill your torso. Feel it relax your chest, giving your heart more room to grow, more expansive more loving, giving, and forgiving. Soften your belly muscles and let this relaxation penetrate even deeper, releasing any tension from your internal organs. Now let it wrap around you, enveloping you in love and peace as it softens all the back muscles all the way down to the base of your spine. Continue to breathe in deep, fluid breaths. Breathe in health, happiness, and harmony. Breathe out any tension, toxins, worries, or disease, allowing anything that does not serve you to leave your body like a dark cloud. Send this peaceful feeling into your hips and buttocks. Let it glide down your thighs, relaxing your legs completely as it flows down to your knees, calves, ankles, and feet. 
Allow any remaining tension from anywhere in your body to flow out your toes, leaving your whole body feeling very comfortable, peaceful, and relaxed. Continue to breathe deep, relaxing breaths, feeling your belly rise on the inhale and fall on the exhale. Notice how the air feels cooler as you breathe in and warmer as you breathe out. Now imagine a golden glowing ball of light about a foot above the crown of your head. On an inhalation, breathe that light in through the top of your head, through the center line of your body, right down to the tailbone. On the exhalation, breathe that light back up the way it came and out the top of your head. Do this three times to begin to balance and align your chakras. Begin to focus on your root chakra at the base of your spine and visualize a vibrant red glowing ball of light, or if you prefer, imagine a red crystal, flower, or fruit. This chakra brings health, security, and dynamic presence. Feel it empower you as it connects you to earth energies, your radiating power and vitality. Breathe the color red in and out and see yourself living your healthy, ideal, feeling happy and grateful for radiant health and boundless energy, weighing your perfect weight with a strong, balanced immune system. Feel how good it feels to have all the energy you need to do all the things you love to do. You feel so grateful for this magnificent body that moves so freely and well and looks so good. Feel yourself healthier than you've ever felt before. Now let this vibrant red chakra continue to glow and spin as you move up to your sacral chakra, located between your root and your navel. Here see a radiant glowing orange ball of light. This chakra holds the energy of money, power, sexuality, and creativity. Breathe in a rich, beautiful orange color and feel it bring the gifts of being happy, enthusiastic, sexually fulfilled, prosperous, and abundant. See yourself experiencing true wealth on every level, being grateful for the abundance in your life now, and imagine riches flowing to you in expected and unexpected ways. Let this chakra continue to glow and spin as you move up to your solar chakra, located a few inches above your navel. Here, see a beautiful, sunny, yellow, glowing ball of light, or visualize a lemon or a sunflower as you breathe in a vibrant yellow color. Feel it expand your joy, self-worth, and personal power. See yourself successful and deeply fulfilled in your dream job. Feel the glowing yellow chakra empower you as you move up to your heart chakra at the center of your chest. 
and visualize a beautiful emerald green or soft pink glowing ball of light. This is the chakra of love for yourself and others. Let it glow, bringing gifts of compassion, self-acceptance, and the ability to love deeply. Breathe in pink or green and let these feelings expand, seeing yourself living in perfect harmony with everyone in your life. Let it fill you with gratitude for this opportunity to live in this wonderful world. Feel your heart swell with compassion and forgiveness for yourself and others. Now let this chakra continue to glow and spin and gently move up to your throat chakra. Located at your throat, visualizing a beautiful blue color. This chakra enables you to communicate with truth and wisdom and express yourself with confidence. Breathing blue in and out, see yourself happily expressing your unique, your uniqueness through a creative outlet you enjoy, such as singing, dancing, playing a sport, anything you do for fun. Let this chakra continue to glow and spin and gently move up to your third eye chakra located at the center of your forehead. See a beautiful deep purpley blue indigo colored glowing ball of light as it glows. It expands your imagination, your psychic abilities, inner knowing and wisdom. Feel fully supported by the universe as you pursue your personal growth goals. Happily following your highest path. See yourself living your ideal in the personal growth area of your life, whatever that means to you. Now let this indigo light continue to glow and spin as you gently move up to your crown chakra at the top of your head. This is the chakra of spirituality, thought, and service to others. Breathe in violet or white, gold or silver, and let this chakra glow as it brings gifts of self-knowledge, spiritual connection, and bliss. See yourself living in wisdom and awareness, surrendering into divine love, joyfully contributing to the world in the way most meaningful for you. Let this chakra glow and spin as you bring your awareness back to the golden glowing light above your head. Watch as it transforms into a golden pot. Now breathe it in through your crown chakra, to your third eye chakra, throat chakra, heart chakra, solar and sacral chakra, right down to your root chakra. On exhalation, breathe it back up the way it came. As it passes through each chakra, see the pot filling with gold coins representing the gifts and attributes of each one. Now visualize this beautiful pot of gold above your head, once again, overflowing with sparkling gold coins. This is your unique pot of gold, filled with everything you could ever want. Let them rain down on you. Spend as long as you like in this peaceful state, visualizing all your dreams coming true as you finally lay claim to your pot of gold.
I'm ready for my morning motivation. Are you, pal? Oh. I'm ready, pal, because I'm overflowing with gold coins of abundance that represent everything that I want in my life. That was nice. I like gold coins of abundance that represent everything good in my life. Me I too. Like it. I like it too. I'm into it. Welcome everybody to the Hoosier Sophisticate Morning Show. We're looking for sponsors because we got a special video today. We gathered another sponsor, old McChesney from Ms. Marketing. We're going to have a little video for you and a little one. Is that loaded? It's loaded. Baby. It's a lot. This guy, this guy over here, this guy. Craig, you ever heard of the Olympics? Oh, must watch TV in the Kohler house, bud. Is it? Me I'm too. A, I'm a winter Olympics guy, I'm, but I love the summer games too. I'm, I'm a, just an Olympic jump. Junkie. I'm an Olympic guy. I'm, I'm an saying, Olympic I'm junkie. Saying, I like it. You're playing like it. for something a little bigger than you. You're playing for something on your chest. You, <laughs> you train and train and train and train yes. and train and train and train. Four years. Boom. You got about some events. We were talking about sprinting. What was it? Twenty seconds? Twenty nineteen seconds to run at two hundred? Two hundred? Yeah, he's like a nineteen and nineteen one seven. Nineteen one seven, I think, is what okay. It's so your your whole life kind of boils down to dedicated these, to doing this one feat, one little thing better than everyone on the planet. But you get one chance. I always think about the people who a short window, the sprinters who jump out of the gates. Oh, for, you well, you do that it. twice. You're Bloody. out, right? You're out. I'll let you motivate us, and then I'll tell you a story. <laughs> no, you're going to unmotivate us right after it. <laughs> well, actually, you're, you heard of uh, Derek Redman, right? I have. Derek Redman, everybody. If you don't know, he was an Olympic sprinter. I'm sure you guys have seen the video. Um, but what some people may not know about the video, and I'll get into that in a second, is uh, this was in, I believe, the 96 Olympics. Atlanta, yes. So in 88 and 92, this guy tried to race in the Olympics. Um, in Seoul, he tore his Achilles. Four years later, he had another injury. So this is the year. This is the time he's going to do it, bud. That's the life of a sprinter. This, yeah, this is the time he's going to do it. He gets out there. Boom. Snaps a hammy, bud. Two times he's already been through it. Couldn't even do it. He digs down so deep, he says, I will not not finish this fucking race. And everyone's seen the video of his, his hamstring pot, snaps up into his butt. It's the worst, dude. Then he, uh, he's jogging for a little bit, and you see the pain on his face, and he's taking a few steps. And you see 12 years of work, probably even longer, mm -hmm. all in the agony of this guy's face, and he can't move his body. He's a He's a... An athlete of the supreme magnitude, and he can barely hobble around this track. Well, then you see this guy running out there, and security's trying to stop him, and then he finally gets over to him. It's his pop. It's his freaking pop. His prop comes out there. He goes, we'll do this together. We'll Damn finish right. this thing together. Damn right. And this is the days before Twitter. This is the days before um, going viral, all of that stuff. This story still managed to touch everyone on the planet Earth. A story that binded us, bound, that bound us together. Oh, every human on Earth could understand. Oh, my baby's in trouble out there. Well, guess what? I'm going to do my best to help. And I'm going to be an inspiration 
for the damn world. He said, now he's 50 years old. He's like, I've told the story so many times, you know, motivation. He goes, afterwards, I didn't want to talk about it. I just never no wanted way. to talk about it. Well, it, it was, was still attached life. to failure. It was totally. attached to failure. Yeah. Total. So he didn't know the impact it would have on people. So this guy, Derek Redman, that's his name, right? Yeah, Derek Redman motivated an entire world but lived in a pile of his own shit for a few years after it because he didn't even know. He yeah. didn't realize the work that was happening from his magic moment. So maybe, just maybe, you've created a little magic in your life and the forces are at work right now. The forces are working behind the scenes. That's like what happens, man. Stuff, the buddy. universe's forces work behind the scenes. You don't know everything. Well, that was a bad example for you. I do. Most people don't know everything, that's okay? Right. Yeah, that's right. So I just want people to get fired up, realize that the fucking universe works in mysterious My ways, wife says it all the time, baby. man. The windows, the windows, the universe is the windows. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> Mace the Windows. universe is conspiring for good for all of us. Uh, she really, truly feels that like it's it, our best, uh, best laid plans are probably in motion if we just trust them. Oh, you freaks are just simulations in my that's just, simulation. That's so that's I'm fair. just, yeah. Well, I mean, Whatever. simulations are, you know, if the, if the code was incomplete, then it wouldn't run, you know, it'd be True. all buggy. So it'd be buggy. It's it is buggy. Right gets buggy. It's buggy. It gets buggy sometimes. Craig, I tried to reset this computer last night Yeah, because I stole it. You idiot. So I was trying to erase everything off of there because I don't need anything sure. of the, the last person's stuff on there. And uh, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's upsetting because it, it's been doing this since I, I got home last night. I'm like, hey, 6 o'clock, hanging out with the kids for a little bit. I want to get some stuff ready for the show tomorrow. Let me pop into this laptop. Oh, okay, so it's popping off. It's doing its thing. Oh, man, it's so slow. It's so slow. All right, I'm going to do a system reset. How does that sound? Okay, system reset. Now I'm getting... I, I can't do a damn thing on this thing, man, and it's really starting to make me crazy. Yeah? No, not really. I mean, okay. it's just it's kind of upsetting. I loved, I told it's you to tell you a little story. I loved track and field. It was – I didn't even know how much – being a baseball player growing up, uh, when I moved, I missed the tryouts to play baseball at Kickapoo. But the track team was like mm. – We'll we got, have you. We got – yeah, we got spots. You want to do that? And so uh, – uh, I sprinted the first couple years as well as through. I was kind of, I kind of went both ways through the shot, put in the disc, and then I ran like short sprints, like the hundred and the two hundred. What's and the number in this Wi-Fi? I know it's LP. Oh, fudge! I have no idea. What you do don't you remember me? the Wi-Fi password? It's a little. Yeah. Oh Maybe yeah, I can get it for you in just know. a second. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and tell. Them. Yeah, I love I love track and field, man. That that bolt got I love you, didn't? Track and field too, Craig. And um, so. I had no idea how much I was going to love track, and I, I, you know, I stayed in track because it was going. It's a, it's a good sport to prepare you for other sports that you play. You know, it's a totally different conditioning regimen. Uh, it just made me a better football player. That's what I did. Yeah, there, were you in? Did you do track? Yeah. Track was great. Were you like what, 800? 400, 800. Yeah, and then I, when they needed a dude to run the 200, I come in there and smoke then, people in the 200. 200 action. Except I was in all the novice events, which means they put you with like. Yeah. You know. I got it. Those kids. Sure. 
And so I was just like blowing doors I was off killing them. them. Sure. But then every once in a while there'd be They'd some be like, goob from another school yeah, who looked get... like an absolute yep. goob. Oh, I'll tell and you. he's just out there running the 800 just slightly faster than me. And I'm like, what's wrong with my life? So what was what was interesting was is like uh, kind of uh, in my little real tight-knit group of friends, uh, we all you know played similar positions in football. We all kind of lifted similar amounts of weight uh, in the weight room. So we were always yeah. kind of working out together. What was kind of interesting was is the four of us all excelled uh, like two of us excelled in shot put, two of us excelled in, in discus. So it wasn't, you know, if you were only, if you could only enter so many guys in those events, yes. it was nice because, you know, two of us would be throwing the disc and we could, you know, go there, cheer them on while they were throwing this. Two yeah, it's a great um, atmosphere. But Track it was, my favorite, so cool it was my favorite. One of my most favorite times was coming up to East St. Louis High School and competing. Oh, dude, they yeah. had a big they had one. Great Jackie Joyner Kersey meet, and we. I think we took third at that meet. Like we had, a, we had a pretty solid little track team. Anyway, state sectionals. Uh, you'll remember that I, I've told the story that like I kind of called prom night a little short because I had uh, city. You know, I had I had the uh, uh, conference uh, track meet. Uh, I, had, I, had, I was trying to be successful. I was trying to set myself up for success. It was the first time I'd ever done anything responsible. <laughs> you know, uh, and and. and uh, had foregone a party to to get myself ready mentally do this uh had a pretty good conference meet so that didn't backfire on me a couple weeks later we have sectionals i believe they were at lee summit uh go up there i'm feeling pretty good everybody that i'm throwing shot against i've pretty well i mean there's you know could you get up there and just go if you wanted to tear your arm off, yeah. Oh, you this could. arm, bud? Yeah, I had to tear it right off. Oh, those things, ahead, those throw, things throw, were throw like 12, tennis balls Throw a 12-pound ball, bud. Okay, uh, I do. I throw around two of them every morning, bud. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I go to I go to this meet. Uh, I remember, yeah, it was at least Summit because I Ryan remember. overslept. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, well, oh, that's, that's he's five, coming? Oh, I, nice. I got here five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah no worries. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, so I, I go there, and, dude, uh, I'm looking at the competition. Pretty much everybody, besides my teammate, Joe, my best man going, you know, at the time, uh, he's, he's PR, his PR is about a foot or two further than mine. He's, he's looking pretty good. But everybody else I'm throwing against in this sectional, I've beat at other meets, you know. And you kind of get to know people. You do. Yeah, because yeah, you're all doing the same yeah. type deal. And you were talking about how, like, every now and then a goober will come up there. Yeah. There was a kid. Well, from, who I assumed. I was like, this guy looks like a goober. There was a kid from Carthage that looked like. Oh, from uh, uh, in Europe, the old Carthage. No, he wasn't a Carthaginian. Yeah, yeah. No, he. This is Carthage <laughs> down by Joplin. Oh yeah. Uh, who I'm pretty sure, like he had to like lift his shoulders up so his knuckles didn't drag the ground. <laughs> oh yeah, he's built to throw. And, and he's built jump. to throw a discus. Is <laughs> yeah. what he's built to throw. Oh, yeah. And so and like, dude, he looked like the banjo player from Deliverance. The no, kid looked just like him. And I'm oh. like, what's this guy gonna do? And like, we, we had been throwing he, against each other since we were like sophomores. Threw it out of the stadium. By the time he became a senior in high school, this little freak show, uh, like, could launch a disc. I think he ended up uncorking like a 168 foot throw, which is a bomb of a discus throw in high school. Yeah, it means nothing. It's, it's, it's good enough to win state some years. Really? Yeah, it wasn't that year, but it was a pretty good little time. 168 and he was he was foot. he wasn't built. I mean, he was he was 
pretty thin. You know, he's pretty pretty lean. Don't point I didn't, at lean's me not lean's thin's not what I'm gonna say. Muscular lean. man. Lean. <laughs> Is what I meant to say. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, I, I get into the circle. Uh, I just want to go. I mean, I'm going to the state track meet. Period. End of story. I'm like the only dude. There might have been one other guy in the state that was spinning to throw the shot put. Most guys were gliders. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's what helped what me out. Doing? I was a lot smaller. Yeah, like well, most of them. So you're right there, you know, and I can't really see anything. But then, you know, they'll kick back and then throw. Yeah. But no, I, I'm a spinner, dog. So I'm <laughs> Of course you are. And I'm bugging. Wow. And then you were notoriously, you would yell, to the moon, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm you would yell that. I'm juiced up because none of these simple gliding idiots are going to beat me, pal. Yeah, of course I'm gonna not. I'm going to go and get a PR. And uh, Personal record. Yes, sir. For those listening. Uh, and, buddy, I first throw, I mean, I, I unleash one, throw it about 52 and a half feet. Pretty, pretty good little bomb. It's mm. a PR for me. I fall out of the ring. Scratch. Like, oh, all right, no big deal. Go, 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 get it. You got three more. You got, you know, <laughs> two more shots. You got three, three throws basically. Second throw, not as good as the first one. Fall out of the ring again. So now on my third throw, and I don't even know how many. To, I mean, you're prone to scratch as a spinner just because if you can't keep it all kind of, you know, under the control, obviously. So now I'm trying to think: Can I beat these guys? If I just, out of the power position, no spin, just throw throw a shot. Maybe, but that ain't why I'm here. You know? <laughs> I, I fucking go for it, man. I shoot the moon and unleash a pretty good throw. It would have got me into the state tournament. And, like, my no. toe hits the toe board. I barely step on top of the toe board. I scratch. I scratched all three of my throws my senior years, and I missed the... I missed the uh, the state tournament. Is that why the you are the way you I are? I fucking hate the world after that day. <laughs> Changed you. Changed me as a man. You're all like before yeah. that, just happy. So happy go lucky. I don't want to say I know what it's like to be an Olympic sprinter who blew his hamstring. That's every exactly time. the same That's story. That's the same story. And my dad picked me up. <laughs> I looked like La Pieta. You know, he just held me in his arms as I was draped over his arms, sobbing, yes. sobbing in sorrow. Yes. Great sculpture. Sobbing that is sorrow. Sculpture, yeah. Yeah. Michelangelo yeah. and Mary holding Jesus. It's a great one, dude. That's my dad holding me <laughs> as, like, I, as I'm lying there crying. And he's like, why did you he's disqualify? Like, hey, you fucking idiot. Yeah, you could have probably just thrown out of the power position. Yeah. And then he dropped me. He's yeah. like, "I'm, you're a loser." Yeah. <laughs> and your mom's like, "Don't do that. Don't do that, Tim." Uh, um, yeah, funny. I had to, my dad came to all my sporting events. Um, great dad. Then I had to run track, uh, and it was like uh, in a meet where the best of the best were. And like I said, I was doing it to get in shape for soccer, so I wasn't there to try to do anything. You know, sure. I was just there to contribute to my team. Yep. Let me run all the novice events. I can run. Yep. I can run anything from the one hundred. It's to amazing the how fun it is, dude. <laughs> and sixteen hundreds a mile. Mm. I had to do that a few times. Like yeah. whatever they needed a yeah, guy. Yeah, looking at in you, I thought you were an eight hundred guy. Throw all day, me maybe in a there. Miler. Throw maybe me a miler. in there. Okay. Um, so I had to go there, and a couple times someone got hurt or something happened, I don't know, where I had to run the 100 one time and then a couple relays, which relays I was like, oh, I got to fucking pass this baton. I got to pass this damn baton. Because I'm like, 
<laughs> you know, like, let's secure this thing, okay? Yeah, you don't want to drop the The guy's baton. running away from me. I'm like, I gasped, bud. You got to get your steps, Come man. on, give me, give you me You got to get your steps, bud. Give me this bud. in the back. Thank you. And I had very little practice with that because, you know, we'd F around in practice, you know, with the batons and stuff like that. Set I'd your be tennis doing, balls out, I'd get be your doing steps. Drum, yeah, yeah. drum solo with them. I was just not the guy who was there for track you know, I'm a clubhouse guy. You're there to okay. you're there to be conditioned. So I'm not sure if you remember Damian Nash, uh, yeah. St. Louis football player. He went to Riverview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, played for the Broncos. He's dead. Damn, Damian Nash died. Apparently, breaking news. Oh, he collapsed suddenly following a celebrity charity basketball game in 2007 at Riverview Gardens. What the shit? Yeah. Whoa. Damn, rest in peace, bud. Well, good. I can change his story now. I kicked his ass in a track meet because he's – there's no one to say I didn't. <laughs> um, no, but he – my dad's there, and he went to like – he didn't really – he knew soccer games. He knew baseball games. He knew he's like, I'll but with come track, to your track sure. meet. You know, yeah. like, and my dad should have run track. He was still as fast as me and all my friends in, you know, high school. Yep. I remember one time a soccer game, freshman, sophomore year, we're coming back from North County. I used to play in Norco because I'm kind of hard. And so yeah. I were playing up in Norco, those teams up there. I don't, like They're like the – you know how I hate people that are just like me? They're kind of like South City people except just a little bit more off the reservation. So you're like, I have nothing in common Dude, with these people. But it's like, North no, about the same. Where am I? Totally, totally. But I used to play up there. Delwood, Ferguson, Florissant. That's where my sure. baseball team was. That's where uh, sure. <clears throat> Mr. Benson worked at Mallinckrodt and knew some friends up there. Okay. So I played with Bensons, all that stuff. Um, so my dad pulls over. We start giving him shit like we're faster than you little side story in between this story. Yeah, we're faster than you, George. And he's like, you want to make a bet right now? And we're like, we just know. We know we're faster. Yeah, you're an old man. You're an old, you're an old guy. You know, he's, she probably had me when he's 27, 28. So it's yeah. worse, worse. You're an 16, old man. You're 70. 40 years old. Yeah, get oh, out you're of here, 45 oh. years old. Get out of here, bud. There's no way you can keep up with these wheels. He's like, we're pulling the car over right now. He finds a venture like an old venture abandoned parking lot. God only knows where it was. It wasn't any of the ventures that I had known about. Yeah, the only venture I know of is King's Highway. Bill. Get out of the fucking car. Ridgeway. Ridgeway. All three of yous. And I'm like, oh, it may have been the one at Marshall. Okay. Remember how there used yep. to be one yep. right there? Yep, yep. think that may have been the one. Like we had Webster Grove? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we had a parking lot of just distance, of openness, that you could totally run through. He makes us Dunn Road. He makes us get off of the. He makes us get out of the car. We're after a soccer game, and he's like, "Let's do this shit." So Good he gets him. down because I full splendor. Yeah. He's like, "All right, you you, that's a, a head move too. You say go, you say go whenever you want. You get a jump on me, I'll still hunt you down." So oh, we got a special guest. <laughs> we got a special guest. So I'm coming. I'm I'm working. Go. We're flying. My dad's about three steps behind all of us. I'm in soccer shoes in a parking lot, so I'm not getting the best grip. Kicks but I'm on the still, afterburners. He puts on the NOS, baby, and starts going. And I remember my dad is when like you a hear physical that? runner. Yes, he's, when you hear he's that? pumping arms yep. and going. He jets past us. We're like, like you're standing still. We're dying laughing at that. We were just seeing how hard he was running. I was like, 
So he gets the concept of racing. He likes it. He because he was the fastest dude. Like he always tell me, oh, fastest dude at CBC. Where are you on the list? On my soccer team, I was second. I had the okay. there was a kid Paul Bazzani. I don't know what the I don't I don't know how. I don't know how. On Facebook. I don't know. Probably. He was a fan of the show for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. While. That's okay. Um, fan of the show for a little bit. But Paul Pisani had wheels. I didn't understand it. Yeah. Not Neither of us were the best soccer players, but you throw us on a wing, it's, uh, it's going to be a pack of lunch. I, I get it. It's time you're to go gonna, to lunch. You're going to run all day. I'm you're going to run all day. Yeah. yeah so, they give me the ball on the wing. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. that. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, no. I'll pass it to somebody pretty yeah, good. I'll like, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good at that, but I am no threat. Sure. But I will run you into the ground. Because no then doubt. their coaches would get on them and be like, you're not keeping up with your guy. And they'd be like, he's worthless. Yeah. There's no reason for me to run yeah. with this fella. Damian Nash, I see the Riverview Gardens team at this track meet, and I'm like, man, feel bad for the guys who are racing them. <laughs> they come and tap me. They're like, hey, Steve. Uh, and we had a 4 by 4 <laughs> team that may be one state when we were there. We had two twins. St. Mary's uh, team. Cross- oh, yeah. Uh, Hannigan. Hannigan, Hannigan P. Catch, Tori. Tori yeah, uh, that was a squad. Dan's Willing, maybe. Yep, and- Dan's Willing yeah. was on there, too. Um, no, because I, I remember I played for um, – Giuliani, the soccer team Giuliani, for mm-hmm. a hot minute, mm-hmm. just to go over there and drag my dick across every St. Mary's kid's face. Really, that's what I did. I was like, sure. I ain't playing for this fucking team. I will go to the practice and destroy all of you. And like, I remember I was taking all the free kicks and the corner kicks, and the St. Mary's kids were like, "What the fuck, CBC pussy coming here in the soccer team?" Sounds about right. And I left. But I remember I was about. <laughs> Cacciatore was fast. I could keep up with maybe Hannigan. I think Zwilling didn't play soccer, but that dude was lightning he had, quick. He had dude. They, South City had a bunch of scrappy, scrappy athletes who were like, man. hey, yep. man, I don't know where this kid came from, from the streets, yep. but the dude can run. Yeah. So I get out there, and they're like, Steve, you got to go. I think I was doing the 200 and maybe the 100 against mm-hmm. <laughs> Damian Nash. Nash. And I'm like, this guy? We're in some sort of – there's a world where we're in the Did same division. The yes. I think so for a yeah, hot, hot yeah, minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so was then, he our class? He was born in 82. He yeah, may be a year ahead of us. Ahead yeah. Of us. yeah. Um, but it, even in here, it says that he ran his high school career. He was a track star in high school, ran the 100-meter dash in 10-3. Dude, there were three guys that were so freaky. Dude. Uh, when Dude. I was in high school. Because right, this was my argument with Ty Cobb's fucking bum ass. Ty Cobb, when Ty Cobb was the fastest guy in the major leagues, the world record 100-meter dash was like 11 seconds. All right? At the fucking 2002 Missouri State High School Championships, you had uh, uh, Mario, Mario oh. Whitney. There was a kid from Jeff City that was – he was on one. Like, for four years, he was – You think that's a kick three. in by the end of the show? Jesus. I can't get high You want half of it? No, I'm good. What's up, Adam McChesney? We got a little treat oh, for you. Oh, we got a thing for you. What up, ten three, Adam McChesney? 10-3 is ignorant how fast that is. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. go out there. I already see the builds on these fellows, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm Steve. Nice. To-. I would always introduce myself to the people I was racing against. Just yeah. kind of like a sure. F you. Sure. We just get in their head a little sure. bit. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if that was kosher. That's just mm-hmm. what you did to introduce mm-hmm. yourself. I'm just trying sure. to be friendly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they... They sound the gun or whatever, and my I get a look at my track coach who's just like, mm. <laughs> he already He's knows something for disappointment. He knows something I don't already, and I'm like, that's a weird face he's given the just the overall crowd right now. Mm. So we again out of the blocks. Hey man, I'm light. I'm agile. 
I'm right with these guys out of the block. Sure. And I'm like, this is fun. I can run with these guys. I knew I couldn't run with the other CBC guys who were actually supposed to race in this because I raced them. We would have races on the track every once in a while, and there were about eight guys at CBC who could just blow. They could they could jog while yep. I was sprinting, and that's what I did to people. I could kind of jog and then hit another gear and be like, oh, psych. Was, you thought was, you were going to hit the winner race. That's what moves. they were Solid doing to me. So yeah. Oh, and so then about – Shit, you know, 10 yards after that, they all get that arms going, yeah. legs going, and it sounds like a pack of wild horses. And I'm like, ah, like almost scared. <laughs> that thundering going, herd. Oh, yeah. Thundering they herd around me. you. We get done, and I'm like, hey, Dad. It's like, think about, think about my dad's first meet that he went to, and he's like, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, did you see those yeah, guys? Don't. Like, don't give me that pretty good stuff. Kind of like you didn't, you don't think you could have, I don't know. Done a little better? Not coming last. You know what I mean? I'm like, Dad, I guarantee this Damian Nash guy is going places. Like, yep. Yep. if you just look at the guy, yep. like, he is going yep. somewhere. And if you got hit, he was so solid. Yeah. It made me think we had a goalie at CBC who went about, Patrick Kelly, he's always staring our stuff. He's great. Probably in high school, probably went about 190, maybe. Yeah, good size six, six one, yeah. And he was third fastest on our team. And when we would do sprints, he would have to run 10 yards past where our sprint thing was. Everybody else could kind of turn on sure. a dime. I'm like, if you got in the way of this dude, yeah, when he, it's a simple physics equation at that Buddy, point. Do you remember you Tony got Temple? Mass. Oh, hell yeah. Tony Temple. Tony was, Temple was a freshman when we were juniors. At Rockhurst, okay, he was a world class gymnast. Oh, he really? was the fastest. He was like the fastest kid in the state. We played rock. We played Rockhurst in the state semifinals. I hated Rockhurst state semifinals. They were the be- they were the number eleven team in the nation. I believe it. Okay, they were a good. I'm starting. They, they would always play a St. Louis. Remember the team story either. I told about a uh, uh, freak show from St. Mary uh, from from SLU knocking my braces off of my head. Probably Sinclair. Uh, yeah, Matt Sinclair. Uh, Tony Temple, first play of the game. He and I, he's a freshman, dude. He and I hit at the line, head to head. And I'm, dude, I have CTE. Looking back on all of this, I have CTE. Like, I'm like, he had a three yard start. He was just in the backfield. He may as well have been running from 50 yards away. It was an explosion at the line. And I'm like, you're 14 years old. You're 14 years old. What have I been doing? I worked my ass off to be this big. Like, I I, what am I doing? What like, is kind of came out like this. I don't know. We won't make this whole thing, uh, 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 you know, our uh, glory stories. Damn, 5'10", 220 yeah. for Damian Nash. Yeah, I mean, that's it's outrageous, dude. It's outrageous. That is, that's, <clears throat> that's coming how, at you hard. That's how, uh, it, you know, a lot of those freaks are made. I mean, Mario Whitney was the same way. He ran like a, a, a maybe a 20-second flat, a sub-20, 200. He ran a 10-3, 10-4. He played at Jackson. He was a running back at Jackson. We ended up going to Missouri, and, I mean, he, he blew his shot there or whatever, but I want to. You were talking about Track. talking about sprinting, and one of the coolest things I told you about the East St. Louis meet, right? My junior year, I played with the most talented. My junior year, I played with the Gatorade National Player of the Year. Okay. Okay. State Player of the Year. He was the, he was he was literally recruited by every college in the country. Jared Helmet. 
best athlete I've ever played with. Okay. So in that graduating class, in that 01 graduating class, uh, when I when I was at St. Mary's, you had Joe Simakaitis, who was mm-hmm. arguably the best athlete I've ever mm-hmm. I've ever played with. And then when I got to Kickapoo, there was another kid that same graduating class, Jared Helming. Both of them ended up going to Nebraska. Joe played baseball. No way. Joe played baseball. Yeah. Jared, <clears throat> Jared. And I'll never forget when Coach Frank Solich came in to like, because dude, Jared could have went anywhere he wanted, anywhere he wanted. Damn. But Grant Wistrom. Yeah. Was a Nebraska guy, and Kickapoo had another guy, Steve Warren, who was a Nebraska guy. They were both black shirts, so like they really kind of came home yeah. to Kickapoo to like get this kid to go. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how the whole for sure booster thing works and everything like that. <clears throat> Jared was great. He was snake bit by injuries. Mm. By the time he got there, he blows one knee. They move him to the offensive side of the ball. He blows the other knee. Got a school paid for us. All right, he got a national championship ring that year. That Nebraska, the last Nebraska national championship oh, right. that he won. Nice. You know. Uh, anyway, he was the, uh, he was an unbelievable athlete, like state champion shot putter, state champion, uh, discus. He started freshman year, everything, dunk a basketball as a freshman, just everything he could do. He would just like in the weight room. I remember walking in and being like, like as a, he, this dude was a sophomore cause I was only a freshman and he was like hang cleaning like 315 pounds. Wow. Just banging it out. And I'm like, Holy fuck, where am I? This guy's a freak. Where did I accidentally go into the adult weight room? East St. Louis. The coolest thing about their meet <clears throat> was, uh, at the very end of every event, they had a fat man relay. That's what they called it. It was a thrower's relay. That's offensive. It was a fat man relay <laughs> four by one. You know, four by 100 meters. Yes, that is awesome. Oh, uh, East St. Louis, nobody could prepare for what Kickapoo was bringing that day. <laughs> nobody. Could, because three of our sprint, uh, two of us were were running backs on the football team. One of us was uh, kind of a tight end split in. And the other one was Jared fucking Helming. So, like, oh, damn. so Jared starts out of the blocks. He's ro- He roasts. I'm sure. Okay, hands it off, second leg. My buddy Kip, got he's got Kip? wheels. Kip McCubbin, got wheels. State, state wrestler, yeah. you know. Uh, he you can I, run. Wrestlers ran. He, oh, he's just a freak. Bud. And and he he and I were like, we were so comparable in everything that we did. Like, we we played a split back offense, so it worked perfectly. We looked like little twins back there. Except he probably, he's probably doing big <laughs> He things was an outsider. He's a firefighter. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, he's a tailback. I'm a fullback. And so he takes second leg. He's roasting this dude. Hands it off to my buddy, Brandon. Brandon's You're the anchor on this I'm the anchor. You're the anchor on this one. Oh, buddy, I used to have wheels. You still got pretty good wheels. Uh, not anymore. My wheels are knees. busted. I saw uh, you in that hotel. Uh, hands it off. And I don't know who's on this third leg for, for East St. Louis, but he is crazy fast. And because because Brandon had wheels, my buddy, yeah. he had good wheels. He played at Missouri Southern like he was he was a, a freak show athlete. So he's jetting now. OK. Dude blows past him. So uh, I see this guy get the baton in front of me. OK. And I am going to fucking ball hawk this. Oh, dude. he's so they got, he's a ahead on. They got about two steps on me. Oh, and my and Brandon, that's my favorite. And I used to be a sprinter, so yeah. we we kind of had our our fucking exchanges down, yeah. you know. I get my start, he hands it to me. Well, you I'm turn running, around and go, "Thank you." I'm running like I'm running you. like George Elgin, and oh, I'm just, no way, no way. <laughs> and I can see the panic, <laughs> yeah, 
on this dude looking over his shoulder because he can feel me coming. I love that. The winner, okay, we got a long bus ride home, right? We got a long bus ride back home to Springfield, except I think I'm going to stay in St. Louis because anytime I come to St. Louis, I'm like, oh, that's my family. That's that's my family lives, dude. I'm staying in St. Louis. You know me. About 40 meters down the track, I catch up to him. 50 meters, I got to step on him. I'm starting to pull away from him. This guy is panicking. He's like, oh, hell no. I hear, oh, hell no. He's trying to catch me. Winner of the 4 by one Fat Man Relay gets a fucking party tray of chicken wings, hot wings. We're, at this point, we're, we're that's doing. That's all you care about. That's all we care. Fuck that metal. You guys yeah. keep all your metal. Yeah. Give us the chicken wings. Chicken wings, baby. <clears throat> I'm blowing, the, I blow the doors off this kid. He's trying to Well, it sounded like you were just only like a step ahead of him. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so that's about 50 meters in. I still got 50 to go. So I'm, I'm putting a little space in between us. I'm about two, two and a half steps, three steps ahead of this guy as I'm coming up on the finish line. He wants these chicken wings so bad, he, he decides dies. he's going to dive, dive, bud. And he... I never understood that. It, I'm like, you're slower in the air, bud. You're slow. You're not... But still, you're going to land. <laughs> you're slower in the air. Anyway. You're going to land on track meat. That was the day that four, four corn-fed little white kids came up to East St. Louis and, got and some just wings. got some fucking chicken wings, dude. <laughs> nice. He dove and he skid across this track. I mean... Uh, like eight, ten meters, and when he uh, got up, he looked like Rover. Freddy Krueger. Oh, and he no. was like hamburger meat. I offered oh, him a chicken no. wing. Nobody, you're gonna sell your body out like that. You can get a chicken wing, bud. So he didn't want my fucking chicken. Wing. <laughs> he didn't want my fucking chicken wing. He just didn't want to lose a race to me. That was yeah, the big yeah, thing. Yeah. It wasn't about fucking. He still for us it. for the fat guys. Oh, dude, every that day, dude, but he got every day when they get together with his buddies, like, you remember that time those goofy-ass <laughs> kids from Springfield, Missouri beat you in a foot race? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a fucking hot wing after it, too. <laughs> Fuck him. Steve, uh, on this date in history brought yeah. to you by the Bungeon Property Group, uh, <clears throat> Alfred Nobel. Ooh, rock, uh, inventor rock. of dynamite and founder of Nobel Prizes was born 1833. He invented dynamite? I didn't know that. Like the saying, dynamite, dynamite, or he actually the actual, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think physical. What was that guy's name? Re, 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 remix, reverb, rewind. <laughs> no, what was his name? Uh, dynamite. His name was like oh, Freddie Boom Boom Washington. No, <laughs> no, that was from Cotter. That was from Welcome Back Cotter. Uh, Help me out, Jimmy Walker's JJ. JJ. Dynamite. What the he fuck did I call him? Rewind? Reverb. That Rewind? was one of the guys from Fat Albert. That's what know? I was. That's what yeah. I thought it was. I, yeah. uh, not the same guy, huh? Um, nope. Okay. You just come by it honestly, Fair don't enough. you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. What the hell? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not up to date. Hey, listen, Steve. We got <laughs> we got someone new in the stable, and he's going to help us beat the freaking algorithm. Okay. Uh. I'm tired of Facebook and Instagram. Give, rerun. Thank you, Jason Roberts. He's good for something, Steve. I know. He's in. He's, he's in today. He's, he's been helping today. us out. We need an he's intern. He's in today. Jason's really in today. Rockhurst uh, only accepts groomed athletes, says Casey Weedblock. 100%. Guys, yeah, check no, out the Casey Tony, Weedblock Tony, show. Tony Temple was, I mean, he was recruited from the Kansas side of the state. To come and play, they moved him in the district. Like you don't have to be district to to go to a all boys, you know, private school. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we've got uh, we had a fun little meeting yesterday. We've been working with this guy. We're tired of the man. 
we are tired of the man keeping us down. If we're if we're being honest, okay. Yeah. And uh, so we are being honest with you always. Uh, I, I'm, trying honest. I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be honest with you whenever I can. This is me being honest with you. I too am honest with you, and will always be so. Honesty, honesty counts. Integrity matters, and it's the best uh, policy. When it comes to integrity, we got the best, most uh, uh, integrity. In- integrity. Oh, uh, I miss Integ, bud. Reginald McNichols. I'm Check them out, guys. I miss. Um, <clears throat> we met with Adam McChesney from Ms. Marketing, uh, and this guy is going to help us beat Zuckerberg. He's my champion. He's my Achilles. <laughs> he is going to help us take on the world, He's helping brother. us take on the world. And he came in here and he said, look, this is what you got to do. And I got to tell you, you put it right to action. And it started to work right away, bud. Yeah. It worked-ish. It, yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. A lot more engagement. A lot more and engagement. And that's because of Adam. And that's because of him. And if you uh, have a business and you're trying to, I don't know, increase sales, uh, uh, increase leads, because that's the deal. It's all a game of leads. How many leads can we funnel into your business? That's what we're going to help you do when you advertise with us. And we're going to team up with Ms. Marketing to make sure that you're getting a tremendous value on your dollar. I was thinking about that this morning. We're uh, offering something no one else Nobody's offering offer. what we're offering. No, no radio, no TV, no nothing. We're going to give you to be able to track no your... No nothing. No nothing, boy. <laughs> Shit. You can track your analytics. We're going to funnel leads to you. And you're yeah. gonna be, you're gonna make millions of dollars. Is basically what I'm getting at. Uh, what I'm your saying, your ROI is gonna be insane. That's that's the language. I when Adam first walked in, I couldn't understand what he was saying because he doesn't speak English. He speaks ROI. I know, it was which weird. is weird. It's I had to weird. learn a whole new language. Yeah, I did. To have a meeting with this guy. I know that was uh, that was a little much. Ms. Marketing is here to help you, and you should check them out. Oh, hey, it's Adam McChesney with Ms. Marketing. We specialize in lead generation, filling your pipeline, and taking care of your payments. Give us a call today. Adam from Ms. Marketing took me from 10 leads to 300 leads in a month, and I became the strongest boy in the schoolyard. He increased the revenue for my uh, fit charter fishing business by 30% in one month. Ms. Marketing. What was that Facebook algorithm? What was that Instagram? Ms. Marketing. Ms. Marketing. Ms. Marketing. Wow, that's so dumb. We should have done a wrestling thing with him because of the Miz. Yeah. We missed. But I think that video is a hoot. It's been getting a lot of uh, play on his page, which I think is fun because people now, they know us and they're like, man, those guys are knuckleheads. I don't know what to expect from them. But when his page saw what we got him to do as the two degenerates that we are, his wife had the best comment of all time. Did you give me some leads on a new husband? (laughs) It's great that our fans, oh, our fans have come to, uh, they come, 
your account's been restricted for seven days. Both accounts? Dude, Facebook is going back and they're like, they're punishing people for shit that they, pa- they, they posted in the past, which is dumb. Had me at fill your pipeline. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. That was a one, that was one take. The guy is a, a complete natural. I know. I don't know. Thanks, Roy Robert. Hobbs. Robert Redford just doing his thing. That was actually a pretty good left-hand swing. I've always kind of no, looked down. No, that was not. You lifted up your back foot. I did not. What, are you out of your mind? I, I did like Daryl Strawberry, bud. <laughs> oh, I love D. D. Straw. D. Straw. Some people say he hit the long. You're almost halfway through that. Guys, the rest of this show is going to be me. And a veg. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens, guys. Please let the group know I haven't left. Jennifer, I will let them know. I will let them know that you haven't left. I don't think anyone will notice, Jennifer. (laughs) Let's get real. Um, No, Jennifer, if you left, we would shut everything down. So, I mean. I I would. So, if if you leave, you ruin everything for everyone. Just remember that. (laughs) We're we're hanging it up the day that Jennifer Bear leaves. It's on you, um, <clears throat> Steve. Are we almost to the? We are at the first break because I got we, there's big cannabis news coming out, and we got a huge oh, guest. We're gonna talk. these last two hours are I gonna know. be we're about to milk. bring the fucking heat. Cambodian, Cambodian, the finest, finest, the finest Cambodian tea milk. Tea milk. Oh the man, uh, River Delta, Cambodian yes, River yes, Delta, yes. harvested yeah. in the in the moonlight. Yes. <laughs> Harvested? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. That works. Sure. Uh, guys, sure. after the break, we're going to talk to you about some fuckery already happening in the Missouri cannabis, uh, uh, on the Missouri cannabis scene. We're going to introduce you yeah, to... Yeah, Prohibition still lives. If you ask me. It's just ridiculous. It's so stupid. They're supposed to keep us safe, it's and now they're ridiculous. poisoning us. It's you might be poisoned. Stick around after the break. You might have been poisoned, and I'll tell you if you were after the break. Stick around, right? Uh, yeah, stick around, man. He told you to do it. So you, you could be dying, and you uh, probably want to hear and it. And then, uh, to take that a step further, we do have a guest. You're going to take it a step further? Then yeah, we're going to poison you, and then we're going to play songs. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, this is uh, like a Game of Thrones. If you guys uh, stick around about five minutes or so, we're going to come back and light the world on fire. Hopefully it won't have any mold on. <laughs> We'll be back in five minutes. Welcome back, Hoosier Sophisticate Land, hour two. Uh, Glad you got to tune in for the glory days of uh, MSHAA track and field updates from 2002. We have uh, a, a pretty special uh, little little setup today. We're trying something totally new out, um, and one of my favorite things is uh, riffing, bud. It's riffing. It's the riff board. This is going to be something different here. We got We're gonna we're gonna bear with us as we figure out the sound a little bit. I'm wondering, uh, Steve, if you want to kind of get that set up, I think I'm yeah. going to move this light a little bit so that we can uh, maybe not be so abrasive on the eyes. <clears throat> like you've ever cared about that ever in the history of mankind, whether or not you're abrasive on the eyes. Main chat, I feel like we got... 
We got it all set up over there, bud. Look at that little camera view in the lower left-hand corner if we want to see it. <laughs> Not <laughs> bad. Ah. Did you turn this? Uh, probably. Did someone turn that? Yeah, I did. I did because I was doing work. <laughs> Why is that your answer for everything? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm working, child. <laughs> you poor little Steve, simple we child. Are joined, uh, we are joined by our good friend. Our, our great friend. Our uh, abundantly talented He's friend, good. Ryan Watts. He's good. Uh, lead singer of uh, we were Sex. We were. Was we made a trek across the state. We were listening to the Hobosexuals. We decided uh, which song was it. Uh, take take you home tonight. Uh, ain't going home. I ain't taking you home tonight. I ain't taking you home tonight. Should have been at the end of an episode of Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> no, it just per- wasn't no that. Doubt. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. It just fit perfectly in there. It's awesome. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out right now. Turn so off the show. We or got maybe a, check this out first. Basically, what we got is we got our own personal Paul Schaefer. <laughs> I know. Which is super exciting. Did you know he wrote uh, It's Raining Men? Damn Paul right. Schaefer Paul wrote Schaefer, It's yeah. Raining Men. Damn right he did. Okay. <laughs> Paul Schaefer brings the heat. I, that, that's uh, that's not a today in history, but we're going to go ahead and say that this uh, fun music fact is also brought to you by remember the Property Group. Remember the music uh, from Hercules? Where it was like, Tom Jones, not unusual to be loved by anyone Paul else. Schaefer? And somebody was like, that's Paul Schaefer singing in Hercules. And I'm like, buddy, I'll put my life on it that it's not Paul Schaefer. It's obviously the guy who sings What's Up Pussycat. What was the name? Tom Jones? Yes. It was Tom Jones. I'm still not over it. That guy still thinks it was before the days of the internet. I'm like, bud. Are you ta- hang on. Are you talking Hercules about Hercules the, the cartoon, show? Kevin bud. Sorbo or Disney? No, I'm not talking Disney's about Disney's Hercules? If I was talking about Kevin Sorbo, you could see my <laughs> erection from the moon, sir. Okay? If that's, if, if that's who we're talking about Hercules style, I'm talking about Hercules the video cartoon. Disney. Disney, okay? okay, all right. Where it is Tom Jones. Look it up, man. Double bro. check. See if it's Paul Schaefer. Because if it is, I'll die right now. I will self-emulate on, t- on, on camera. <laughs> oh, you're not even going to believe who it is, bud. Who is it? You're not even going to believe who it who is. Who is you it, better bud? better tell Betty to turn this off, pal. Michael Jackson? Michael Bolton. Sang? <laughs> Michael Bolton, He did bud. not do the singing in that. Michael Bolton did all those songs, dude. You're kidding me. That's right. It was Bolty. It wasn't Tom Jones. It wasn't Tom Jones. It was either Danny DeVito, uh, uh, Charlton Heston, or Michael Bolton. Those are your your choices. No. Uh, (laughs) Ryan, you got a little treat for us here? What do we we got going on over here? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this is what I've been doing with the quarantine uh, is I've just locked myself in my basement in this little nook here so i've got my i got my keyboard over here uh and then i've got this is the boss rc505 it's a loop station dude it's wild it's uh, so i got cool. it at the beginning of quarantine and it's just been a game changer you know so uh but yeah so I, last night uh i worked up a couple things but i wanted to keep it i wanted to like give myself a framework then also leave some room for us to to play and improvise uh, in, yeah. in here. So, uh, yeah. All right. This is my the first one is um, is for the Hoosiers. Okay. Sensitive. 
What's that? A volume down. Just a smidgen. Just a smidgen. We're figuring it out. with your friends guys who's your sophisticate YouTube Facebook Instagram <coughs> Twitch Twitter and Periscope Twitch and Periscope also have an audio only option so if you have it on Periscope you can just close the app and have it in your back pocket and you can be listening to it yeah you can you can do that it's simple if you have Twitch you can just listen to audio only put your earbuds in because your boss will not take kindly to you sitting at your stupid little cubicle listening to a couple of morons tell dick jokes for three hours in the morning Okay. Yeah, I just told them they could see my erection from the moon. Like, watch this. Hey, turn up the turn up the audio at your desk. Hey, this guy's watching porno and doing drugs over here. Sorry if I got you in trouble. <laughs> just kidding. Don't be, don't be kidding. <laughs> just listening to a silly show That's that talks about porno and drugs. You know what? You guys do the right amount of drugs. Brian, we had a we had a person watching the other day that said these guys do the right amount of drugs. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if there's ever it's been something favorite. more worthy of a shirt.
something for Halloween. So I've been, it's, it's, it's been really great. Uh, well, hold on. There we go. Uh, yeah, it's been really great to, through quarantine to be able to still create music and feel like I have like a whole bunch of people with me. Uh, yeah. And it deals yeah. with some of my control issues too, of wanting to just be in charge. Do everything. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, that thing is wonderful. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. That I, thing is, what do you have to hook it up to your computer and then it records the yeah, little. So, well, I'm not recording anything right now. Basically right now I'm using my, uh, I'm using my laptop as kind of a MIDI controller. Uh, so I've got my keyboard is going direct in via USB. So I can change any of the settings on here. Like, uh, well, and this is, um, I've got some more stuff uh, as we, as we go along too, but uh, like here, let me show you something like this. I don't know. Well, you guys can't really hear it, can you? We can hear it out of your headphones a bit. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Probably can't hear this part, though. Yeah, we're not far behind.
That's sweet. That almost sounds like you're on a spaceship, right? It almost sounds like you're on a spaceship, right? So, uh, I feel like that's... Uh, Shut it down, because I just want to play with these toys. Yeah, the this show day. sucks. Let's just play Shut with it this. down, and I want to play um, with that. How hard is it? Like to get used to, uh, I, I mean, it definitely took some some practice for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just the timing on things, uh, the the manual that came with this. I mean, it's like this thing. Jesus, you know. So, and I haven't even really scratched the surface of it. But like, there's so much you can do with this workstation, and and uh, so. Once I was able to sort of get inside and, and see, like, okay, all right, this does this, and this does this. So now, now I've got a pretty good hang of it, but it does take some time to get used to cueing things. Uh, on, on key? On now, do you have to do it on time, or does it find it, like, on a metronome? Uh, you kind of you have to do it on time. Uh, yeah. See, that's my next question. Yeah, so, and then there is, like, I can put on a metronome in my ear that, you that like, you know. Kind of yeah. work you with. You couldn't hear, like, so I, play to, I can play to a click if that helps, but I kind of just, like, I just... Let it rip. I'm a human right. metronome. I'm the human metronome. Ooh, that's a, that's a, I'm a human metronome. That's how you bang, too. You just keep it nice, well, bad, rhythm <laughs> all know, uh, day long. It's been great to be able to improvise like that. You know, like, keep going. Keep saying you're a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. Yeah, I'm a human metronome. 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 It just says you're a human metronome. I'm 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 a human metronome. That's what I appreciate about it. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. Okay, I'm a human metronome. All right, I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I am. I'm a human metronome. I will. I'm a human metronome. I can. I'm a human metronome. What? What? I'm a human metronome. I am. I'm a human metronome. I was born. I'm a human metronome. I'm here. I'm a human metronome. Human. I'm a metronome. I sell Hickory Wood. Human I'm a human metronome. Human met right, so it, it gives you this opportunity to, you know, uh, find something. Fi and, 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 like, you know, I mean, uh, the looping part of it, it can get psychedelic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, you I've think? Been, I've been <laughs> no, I don't believe that for one minute. <laughs> stone cold sober in my basement, you know, 
and I get I get stuck. I mean, and, it, and it's you know an analogy that we make. Like it gets stuck in these loops, you know. And I'm creating this thing, and it's like this organic work in progress, right? And you have this one repetitive thing that's going over and over, and then you know you can kind of split it into all these different parts. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I get really lost. I'm in my head. I'm think like I can hear things, you know, and I'm trying to get them to come to fruition, but. It's, it's a crazy time warp, too. I mean, there's been days where I've been sitting down at the piano, working on a song, working with this, and I feel like I've got a great groove going, and then I, I, I'm like, I need to take a break. And I pause, and I look down, and I watch, how could it have been four hours? You know, like, right. I, I mean, just loss of time. So there's some interesting correlations between, you know, uh, using sound and music in a, rep in a repetitive repetitious way you know it's a tool of art right no doubt yeah repetition right in visual art in uh performing art uh comedy uh it's an it things. puts you in a trance right yeah. Yeah. and so and yeah that's and that's definitely uh we're here to remember yes exactly. and that thing's remembering our little deal each time and just playing it again and again for us our memories change every god dang time we think of them but when you can lay down a nice little yep. backbeat and keep that going throughout Oh my god! And then you can take it away, so you can yeah. like press a button, right? And then that sound will not right. cease to exist anymore. Correct? Yeah, I can. And then you know, I mean, this has on here. It has five channels, right? So I can loop five different things all all at the same time. But then I can infinitely loop on the same channel over and over. You can and keep over. adding to so it. I can add more and more and more. So if we do <laughs> like, so if we go like, oh god, I want to play with it for the rest of the day. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. Human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. Human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. Human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. I'm a human metronome. Human metronome. I'm a human I just showed up. I don't know what's happening, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I just showed up to the show. I don't know what's going on. We actually, on. I'm here the for three it. of us made a bet uh, last night to see how many times we could say the word metronome on our broadcast. And we are, and uh, we are over. The, the, the over-under over. was 700. We're yeah. almost there. We're, We're almost there. there. Uh, I'm just watching. There's metronome. some awesome loop artists that are out there. Uh, like Ryan, I think Rebellion. you said you have a buddy that's uh, oh like gosh. out in Vegas that yeah. like competes oh, in I, these things, right? So he's, it's a uh, he. His name is well. He goes by Stendek, uh, Phil Stendek, um, and he's a. I think he's originally from St. Louis, and I met him when I was in high school uh, because the band that I was in in high school. Uh, we played at this. It was like the, one of the only venues in St. Charles, you know, Sally T's. Uh, and so one night we had been booked to play a show there, and we showed up to find out that the bill had been double booked. And, uh, you know, I was pretty upset. And this guy with big, long dreadlocks, like, comes over, and he's like, hey, man, it's all right. We can, like, split up the bill and stuff. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm Phil, you know. And I'm like, okay, cool, man, whatever. <laughs> weird hippie guy, you know, and like, and so we share the bill, and he's setting up 
all of this stuff on, on the stage. You know, I mean, an entire drum set, like uh, auxiliary percussion, uh, a guitar rack with like a bass, a 12-string guitar, a six-string guitar, uh, electric guitars, and I'm like, what is what? this guy yeah. doing? I had never seen anything like it before. I didn't even know what a loop pedal was at that time, you know? And yeah. like, so then he got up there, and he started performing, and he's yeah, he's a live loop artist. So yeah, you know, I'm looking at like just a he, simple. He constructs it as he goes. Like I mean, it's something that you know, it's songs that he's written and prepared. But like when you see it, it's happening organically in front of you, and he plays everything. And he was initially started off as a drummer, and uh, and then like you know moved through different instruments. And like he's he was in a lot of different bands, uh, you know, growing up uh, around St. Louis as well. Uh, but so that night, I saw him perform, and he totally blew my mind. I did not, I had no idea Damn. what to expect. He, he is mind-blowing. And so through that show, thanks to Phil, there were these two gals there uh, who ran an independent record label in town called Maplehood Records. And okay. uh, they saw us play, and then afterwards... Uh, came up to us and said, hey, you know, we run this local record label. We think that you guys are awesome. Like, you know, we should talk about it sometime, you know. Yeah. And so, and we ended up signing to their independent label. Um, and we put out, like, our first album, or our second album, not, not self-released, with them. And, and that also just began, like, this long relationship that I had with Phil, where we played tons of shows together. And we're, like, label mates, you know. Yeah, so sure. We did, we would have, once a year, we would do this fundraiser called Will Rock for Food, where it was like um, a collection of St. Louis bands uh, that all played at a VFW hall over in um, Maplewood. And the admission was canned goods, and then we donated all of the uh, proceeds uh, to the St. Louis Food Pantry. And like we would put out a compilation every year, and all the proceeds from that also went to the food pantry. And so we'd always see each other around, you know, and play a lot of shows together. And... Uh, so he eventually he moved out to Vegas. Uh, he he's sponsored by Boss at this point. Dude, he's the, the world champion, he's the, grand prize yes, winner. Yes, Sten, he's Phil Stendek, S T N D E S T E N D E K. Yeah, please check him out. He, I mean, you, you have just go check him out. I can't even. It's like one of those things I can't accurately describe what he sounds like and how good he is. Yeah. You just have to. Go I mean, watch. the YouTube videos that are out there are by Roland Media yeah, and also Boss, Boss Channel. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, they're clearly he's. he's yeah, that so ain't yeah, no he's joke. on a next level, and uh, he. But I would I would attribute him to like my first exposure to loop artists. Like I had no idea that they were a thing, and yeah, and now they are a prevalent thing. And one of my favorite other loop artists is Mark Rebelay too, and I think we've talked about him a lot. And I've he's seen so him a couple cool. times. And it's just like, he's just on a different level. You know, he is t tapping into something, and he comes at it with this raw energy that is mind-blowing. Um, can you add effects within that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, because that's like, so, so you can make your guitar sound different. Well, you can I, make your... And I wish you guys could hear it more out here because I... Um, oh, we're going to play with this thing yeah, as so long I can as like, have us. Oh, yeah, I can manipulate my voice. I can manipulate... Oh. So I have a thing on here. I, I had it uh, queued up for something I was working on, but let me... Uh, Let's see if I can find it. Oh, so, uh, oh, we'll be a few seconds behind you. We'll be able yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can adjust the sound until it comes way down low like this. Well, well, we can get really fun up here. Now we're listening to. Oh! <laughs> we just heard it. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Oh my God! Quit the show. <laughs> I know we're gonna be making stuff what are that we is so doing? cool. This uh, is dumb. Ms. Marketing came a day early. Day early. <laughs> Sorry about really you, bud. Sorry, Ms. Marketing. Uh, if you want to increase your lead generation, he's the guy. He's a sharp cat. He is a sharp cat. And sharp I mean, I'm cat. just gonna throw in a. I'm just gonna throw is in just a little say? little snippet here uh, from Bunder Property Group. Jason, you never leave your house anyway. This he said day, I would 1790, never leave my house the tricolor was chosen as the official flag of France. That's from Bunder Property. Group. Good job, France. Make a fucking decision on your flag. You hey, what are you doing, bud? What are you doing? What are you guy? doing, bud? You're sailing the seas with just willy-nilly flags everywhere. Pick a flag. Pick a flag and stick with it. Pick a flag and stick with it. I'm sick and tired of people <laughs> flip-flopping on flags. No doubt. No. I hate it. Flag flop. Flag, flag floppers. I do, we don't say that on the show. Flag <laughs> floppers yeah, anymore. It's, it's found offensive. It, it makes me so upset when people flag flop. Flip, you know what, I, uh, Steve? I stand here and I see what uh, a guy who's already yeah. got all of this, all of these unbelievably creative ideas yeah. up here, and I'm like, what does that do for something like Who's Your Own Adventure? Right. Well, and I definitely want to talk about that. Well, sure. I think we can well, definitely this is, get to that. This can be. I mean, imagine this whole thing. Yeah, we're we're hurtling through space now. Because uh, Joe Rogan, God love him, his new set is he went pretty backwards. cool. But it's, right. it's fine. I mean, the capabilities of what we could do here. I'm saying we're better than Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah sure. Boils sure. down. To we got me. about you know 123 million less followers, but. But our setup is better, is what you're saying. No, it's probably not even better. But, you know, we, we're in the same it would be, conversation. It would be pretty cool if it was. Though. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but his thing do was the spaceship. All, do, you, do, you, do you judge everything by the metric of, is this better than Joe? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we fail a lot. Um, yeah, we're just constant Except failures. he's never seen a football game ever in his life. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't care about it. It's, I know, but you never just... One's never he been on. time for it. He's a... He's a he's well, before, a, he had a lot of time during hey, Factor. Whatever. listen... Listen, Dennison, I don't need you tagging Joe Rogan's uh, podcast oh, no. in my feed. All right, he doesn't need our help. Go, go post who's your sophisticate in Joe Rogan's feed. That's what all of you can do. He said he's down to help people. I know he is, but I want to talk about what we're doing without Joe Rogan's help. You think I need some meathead from news radio to tell me that our oh, idea for on, Who's Your Own Adventure is awesome? Bud. Because I don't. You don't. You don't need anybody. I don't to need tell anybody to anything. tell me how fucking great I am. Was it Keller? I'm gonna Williams? show you how great I am. Keller Williams. Wait, that was. Yeah. What about Keller Williams? He's a singer, right? And also sells real estate. I think it's a different Keller Williams. He uh, he did. A, he's a loop pedal artist, I correct? Think so. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember seeing him in college, and I heard a few of his songs, and it's like it was like a almost like a psychedelic blue grassy sound to me. And I, I can't really remember what song I had heard, but I only heard like two or three of the songs. And I remember when he got up there, I was like, oh, this one dude, he had like five instruments around him. And I'm like, oh, he did Freaker by the Speaker? Yes, yes. Okay. And I think I think he's a loop pedal guy. Yeah, uh, they, he says loop. combines elements of bluegrass, folk, alternative rock, reggae, electronica, dance, jazz, funk, <laughs> along with other assorted genres. Yeah. I need to get back into him. He's a one-man jam band. I haven't band. really spent a lot of time listening to him either i i have a, a couple friends who are crazy about him yeah I, I just remember not knowing what was happening he's like don't 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 and then step away and it's like ding bonk ding and i'm like 
What, what kind of situation do we have on our hands here? Where I actually, you know, because yeah. that's the Millie Vanilli no in you. That's like, wait a minute, he's recording stuff. Is that all pre-recorded? I don't trust you, Keller Williams, dude. Until I realized, yeah, he's I didn't doing know it. what a what a loop pedal was, and it was uh, there's a uh, Tommy. He's an amazing acoustic guitarist, and I went to Tommy Emami uh, or whatever. Uh, Tommy Emmanuel. Yes, Tommy Emmanuel. Uh, and I go to see him with my dad and my uncle Tim. We go to the Galois Theater in Springfield. It's a great little Galois. spot. And uh, it's, I mean, the acoustics, everything's great. And his guy's up there. He was on, I think, Bob and Tom acid? a few times. Oh. Definitely on acid. <laughs> uh, and and uh, so I go to see him, and I'd, I'd had, like, one of his albums, and he's just this incredible artist. And he starts playing the song, and then I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, I knew this guy was good, but how is he playing the rhythm? And the lead at this, and I know that like that's possible to uh to an extent, but not with the layers of oh, this guy. For and sure. I was convinced that he was just that much better than everybody else in the world. That he was playing like three riffs simultaneously on his acoustic guitar. Well, that's what's amazing about some of those a classical guitarists, yeah, who are playing like the bass line to it, the the violin no part to no it, like I'm. How are they structuring that song? Or when someone will play like a system of a down There's song. There's a guy named Ernesto Schnack. Uh, if you look him up. There's no one named Ernesto Schnack. Ernesto in, Schnack in goes. In the entire world. You there he is, bud. I'm, I'm gone. Papo, you this, just made I'm that up. This, oh, wait. That's a real guy. That's a real dude. <laughs> that's a real dude. Uh, and he plays like Tool, A Perfect Circle, heavy metal stuff. He played the open to uh, Game of Thrones. But he does it like with classical <laughs> guitar. You sent me a video yeah. He's unreal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Keller Williams played with a Springfield Mo band, the Hillbenders, oh, yeah. to create Keller Williams Petty Grass. I didn't Tribute know that. Tribute to Tom Petty. Hippie on. Hippie Don's my guy. Hippie, Hippie Don. Don's my guy. Hippie man. on. Hippie on, dude. Hippie on, bro. Hippie on, dude. Hippie Don of a moron. Yeah, so uh, I guess to also get back to Who's Your Own Adventure, too, uh, and how, like, this has, I've been, you know, uh, it has been my number one creative goal of 2020. And it has almost, I've almost felt like a madman at some point. Yes. Like, you know, I've been working super hard on this and I have notebook after notebook filled up. I've seen them. And, uh, and so getting this and being able to use this, uh, like you were asking, like, you know, can you put effects on instruments and vocals and stuff like that? So as I've been working, uh, on Who's Your Own Adventure, it uh, has been uh, an incredible tool to use. I can create soundscapes. Yeah, even with well, with your MIDI controller, your MIDI controller, can you like program oh, your yeah. keyboard as a soundboard? As a soundboard, yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. I could upload into yeah. individual keys what cues what. I also have a foot controller um, that I have been. I haven't really gotten a chance to really get into it, but I can. I, I plug it into here. And then it's got multiple foot pedals and uh, and volume controls on my feet. Okay. So then I can control all okay. the looping with my feet instead of with my hand. So um, you quit what you're doing right now. Whatever you got going on in your life, you're a teacher. Not important. Um, <laughs> we do this full time now. 23 hours a day. Uh, 25 <laughs> hours a day. Okay, buddy. Okay. Eight days a week. Uh, we're going by the Gregorian calendar. Fair enough. 365 days a week. <laughs> Damn right, he gets it. He Why gets it. You get on board with it. Uh, listen, I just need because there's there's a, a I just need a ten limitless minutes amounts. for you to spend an eternity with me, bud. Oh. 
That's all I need. Man, you're going to make me take my pants off I, again, You're going to have a hard time taking more off behind this thing, <laughs> bud. Because I'll take you're my swaying in the breeze. And I really appreciate that manscaped mons, Dude, man. I haven't shaved in nice. so long. I feel so bad for I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's the hairiest I've ever been. Yeah, well, it happens. Um, the, I look like my stepbrother. This is right in time for Diane to come in, so you can expect to be sexually harassed for the next 10 minutes now, pal. Listen, um, I don't want to just bury the lead here. So, Ryan, if someone was going to say to you, Ryan, what if you're going to introduce... <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, who's your own adventure? What, how would you how would you surmise? How would you put it together? Uh, what who's your own adventure is? Uh, okay, so uh, at the core of it, uh, who's your own adventure is a going to be a live play uh, role playing podcast. So a tabletop role playing. We're talking like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So uh, and we are going to be so. But what we're doing with it is we're using it to build a uh, collective narrative, right? So uh, I'm going to be running the game. Uh, Craig's going to be one of the players. We have uh, several other people, a small little cast of, of players. And so what we'll do is we'll sit down, and I've created this entire universe, right? Uh, it's my favorite. Which one. the working name is the Hoosierverse, but I'm not sold on that. It's sure. just like the something I had to stick in there, yeah. right? But so within this world, I've created all these – within this universe, I've created these different worlds, how things work, who the people are, who these creatures are, how their, how their religions run, how their governments run. But overall, there is also a, a, an arcing plot. And then the characters, uh, who are the players, right, they're going to use uh, 20-sided dice um, to help determine what's going to happen. But it's kind of like improv acting with um, – a board game element in it, sort of. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say, but the, the, the most basic thing I can say is that it is a collective story told amongst a group, where I act as the narrator, as the dungeon master or the game master, and the players act like protagonists. You know, so I might put you in a setting and say, like, you're hurtling across the advanced, the vast void of outer space, um, and uh, you're you are ripped out of hyperdrive and in front of you you see uh, an infinite number of gem-shaped objects hovering in front of you. What do you do? You know, and so that's the ultimate D&D question or the ultimate role-playing question. What do you do? Because I'm going to set you up with a scenario and then it is up to you uh, to interact with that scenario. And so how we're doing it for Who's Your Own Adventure um, Real quick, do you have an idea of like what they're going to possibly say and where you're going to go yes. with it? That is like you've got okay. multiple the, you've got the, multiple paths, right? Well, and so yeah, the way that we're doing it a little bit different because there are a lot of uh, live play D and D podcasts, um, which are it, it's like one of the reasons that I've been wanting to do this for like a decade. You know, as I've been listening to. It's my favorite game, you know, D&D, and just role-playing games in general. They're this really super creative way um, to tell a story together, you know. And so when, as a game master, what you're trying to do is I'm trying to think of every conceivable possible thing yeah. that my players could yeah. think to do in a situation and have something prepared for that. It's okay, pretty mad. Okay, okay, right? okay. But, and so... You could. You go, are a madman. You could go I know crazy. you referenced it earlier. You got notebooks. <laughs> you got every single possibility scenario <laughs> out in your head. Well, Sounds like the ramblings of a madman to me. 
Yeah, and genius. Because they're right here. They're right here. It's a spectrum. You know, so it is, you can go crazy trying to do that. I, I, I do that, but also uh, my favorite part about playing role-playing games is that as the game master, like, I, I set it up. I, I think I have everything thought yeah. of, right? And then I throw out this scenario, and, like, time after time, like, my players are constantly doing a, a thing that I had absolutely not considered whatsoever. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I might Are they say, trying to do that? Sometimes. But, like, okay. not, that's not the goal. Gotcha. Sure. Okay. Sometimes it's also fun to sure. mess with your game master. Sure, you know? like, sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, I've got... Or it's just sometimes you're trying to you're trying to figure out the mystery and yeah. then you can't get it right. So I've had games where like I set up a, a scene, you know, you walk into a, a tavern and it stinks of stale beer and troll snot, you know, and you 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 walk across this creaky tavern floor and you approach this small log table. Uh, you sit down and order an ale, and a giant busts through the front door, lowers his head down to you. And says, noobie, right? And like, I've had players go, and then I'm like, what do you do? You know, and he's like, I'd like to investigate the table. <laughs> you got a giant brain, <laughs> you know? So it's like sometimes you just can't plan for what every, everyone wants. So the, the way that we're doing it just a little bit different with Who's Your Own Adventure is that I've created this hybrid system. So we're using what's called the D20 system which is used in uh, a lot of tabletop role-playing games like Pathfinder, Dungeons & Dragons, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and, and that's used to like, help you determine what happens. It's kind of like this element of chaos. You know, we, we can control the story as we make it up. But, like, I, you might want to do something, and you're like, you know, oh, well, I attack the giant, you know? Uh. And in that case, I might say, oh, okay, well, roll a d20 attack roll, you know? And then you roll those 20-sided dice, and, and at the very basics of it, if you get a 10 or higher, something good happens. Right. And yeah. if you get below a 10, something bad happens, you know? And so... Can you um, ever just kill somebody? Be like, don't like you. You're out. Dragon. Not really the, like the giant killed you. Sorry, bud. they're like, I gotta leave the game now? You can make it, you can make it creative. <laughs> cool, guys. Thanks. Ending friendships over this shit. But so <laughs> the, the difference that we're doing is, like, I'm using a D20 system, but then I'm also taking this element of a choose-your-own-adventure book, right? Where... Um, hence the hence the title of the, of the podcast too, which is "Who's Your Own Adventure." We, I'm using a um, a storyline where at the end of every episode you'll be given a choice, right? So everything you do up until that point can affect the game as well, you know. But at the end of every episode, you're left with one or with you're left with two choices, and you have to choose a path to go down. And I'm going to make a character who seems pertinent to that situation make that choice for the story you know so then the next episode based on what they chose i will have to make changes right if they chose to do you know thing a we have to take them in this route if they choose to do thing b we take them in this route so i'm using this <sighs> weird hybrid system that i've tried to mash together but it's go it's 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 Kind of leading you to a over overall plot line, right? Like, I yes. mean, it, that, that is that is floating, but there's also a, a story being right. told here. And yes, because but you could it, play the game again, and it could work out totally different, kind of, right? right? Every time I would sort say, of, yeah. yes. And so um, it's like, um, it's so 
It's wild because it's like unlike any game that I've ever played. No one around me has ever played Dungeon Dragons. I was cool. Yeah, guys. real cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you were listening but, to Vin Diesel's uh, new dude. Yeah, that is a day. banger. He's like a huge D and D. That's a banger. Well, if he's into it, I'm yeah, into I it. Know. you guys. Nah, I'm alright. Yeah, I get but it. Vin Diesel's into D&D. a guy that lives his life a quarter mile at a time. I'm, you're in, pal. I am in love with that man. <laughs> Yeah, he's a break dancer there's, too. He yeah, there's some dancer. huge, there's some huge live play. D- and 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 role playing games uh, are commonly used by actors. It's it is a I'm sure. you know, no doubt. By actors, you know, and uh, it's just you got to kind of be a dickhead to be like that mo- wouldn't make sense we do that. Like, do you ever oh, get people is, like yes, that? Or? All the time. It's like a it's like a stereotype of a of like within this little <laughs> within this little microcosm of, yeah. of role playing. It's like totally like. Pfft. That wouldn't work. You know, like, <laughs> how, how can you to, say that? So much so that I saw this video uh, in a group that I'm in for D and D nerds, right? And it's like this, like this guy says uh, that in his game, right, one of one of his players. Uh, is running for his life and he's running down the end of a dock, you know, running from these bandits. Yeah. And he leaps off the end of the dock into the water and he goes underwater and he drinks a health potion to give himself some life again, right? Okay. And, the, and, the, and the game master says, you can't drink uh, underwater. That's not how physics works, you know? <laughs> this guy was so mad. Hilarious, right? dude. There's, he was so mad that he then, the player, went home and created an underwater video of him chugging a bottle of wine in a swimming pool underwater. Just to prove a point. Just to prove that he could do it and that, like, his game master was wrong, you know? I was thinking, I was like, can it, can it be done? I've never tried to drink underwater, but sure, you could drink underwater. I, you if saw you, Beer yeah, Fest. Like, you get that. I mean, I think so. You'd have to get Obviously. a, you'd have to get a I, big breath like because too, you're, I think your inclination when you're chugging is to, like, kind of breathe out a little bit, you know? Yeah, you're breathing so, while you're chugging. I mean, listen. I, I too would drown to make a point. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I too. You did. Being, you almost being did. Right is worth that to me. <laughs> you you almost drowned tw- thrice I'm on, on Cotillion. Once for a, a thing of moonshine, moonshine, another for a strawberry, and once just because we were hung up in some trees. It yeah, wasn't good. But the, the strawberry was a, a feat of athletic prowess that has yet nay, it will nay be matched. It will nay be matched. <laughs> now you're getting into the D&D speak. Yeah, Ooh. see? And that's the thing. It's like I, I'm convinced because this is going to be a, a, a – I'm super Now we got the space it. for it. I have read what Ryan has uh, – some of it because I, I can't know kind of how the story goes. But we've been kind of co-creating a, a, a universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Craig is jacked. <laughs> when – like the idea that we've come up with new kinds yeah. of magic. New <laughs> kinds of magic. Yeah. Okay, new religions, the most bizarre uh, situations, and then also playing where you're in and out of different uh, realms, I guess, yeah. or, you know, uh, multi- in the multiverse, reality yes. dimensions. Yeah, yeah. Um, there I'll- are a lot of layers to this, and at first Steve was like, I don't think I'm I, I going to have the time to do this. No, no, like- first thing I said, I go, there's no fucking way. People watch people play dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Before minutes, I knew anything about it, three minutes. He later. sends me a link. Yeah, and about I go to critical it. role, crowdfunded uh, like two million dollars to fund their comic book that they're making out. No shit, dude. Like that. That's what this this video I think had seven million views. The one you sent me, <coughs> and he's yep. like. 
plenty more where that came from. That ought to help you sleep. That ought to help you sleep. <laughs> so I was like, that was oh, okay, fine. And then once that I that ought to help and then you the, sleep. Then the first people that I watched do it, I was like, I don't get it. And then the second group I watched, they had about four or five people, and three of them. One guy was like, it was troll who, yes. and they really got into it. They all had fun. They yeah. all just let themselves go in this world of imagination. And he comes to me and I was like, I don't know if I still quite understand just like a game that doesn't have sh- that doesn't a have set a game. structure. That doesn't have a, a yeah, it's like a, a, a Monopoly, sure. here is how you buy this. Well, and, and the game of life is how you buy this or do this. You know, like I, I still couldn't wrap my head around it. So there's this beautiful thing. It's like yeah, I the the creators of D D there, well, not not like the creator is Gary Gygax. I mean, it was you know invented. You know, he came up with this system. And when the, was invented? In like the late 70s, 60s, early 70s. 70s okay, I think. that sounds like, don't about quote right. Me, but that sounds about era, right. Right. Thank so, you, acid. But the people who have taken over <laughs> the the company, they call them Wizards of the Coast. They also uh, run. They create the game Magic the Magic, Gathering, yeah. which is a card okay, role playing yep. game, right? Uh, and they're and they're super progressive thinkers and. Uh, they they know the culture of their players and so like in the the newest editions of all the rule books that have come out right cuz i mean i have like Oh, I have an entire so there's show. a rule book for dungeon masters. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, there's like an okay, encyclopedia. So, right. So there. So let me. Oh, let me and just there's explain. a player's handbook. Oh, let me just explain player. real quick. Yeah. So um, there are tons of rules, a fucking million rules, right? Oh, yeah. But the most beautiful thing. I think, and it's the way I like to play, and this is why I just love the Wizards of the Coast crew, is that like they, at the beginning of the player's handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster's Manual, it says, this is a rule book, um, but this is a game. And these rules are here to be used. Use yeah. what you want, throw away yep, what you yep, don't yeah. want. Just have fun, you're playing a game. Yeah. You know, Because people do take it very seriously, because it's really easy to get lost in this world. Yeah. Right? It's really easy, and I think that it's cathartic, because uh, and, and so I I do. Um, I think the world I, needs I was working, it right now. What's that? The he thinks the world needs to get Heck lost yeah. or something. Right yeah. now. And you know, so I, I worked at a, I, I, for the last three years. I've worked I, I worked at a um, elementary and middle school as a music teacher, and uh, I started the Dungeons and Dragons club there at the school. Because there's this uh, non-for-profit group called Game to Grow, and it's like um, I'd have to look it up specifically to remember exactly what the two guys do. But uh, one of them is a child psychologist; the other is uh, has something to do also with like child development, right? And so they grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons, and that's where we're at too right now. Is that there was this whole culture of people who played Dungeons and Dragons, and and it was like a thing that nerds did yeah. almost exclusively yeah. you know and at this point we've we're way past that the people who grew up playing D D, right are running, running amazon shit. running yeah. are, are are doctors and yeah. therapists and lawyers yeah. and everything and like nerds and it doesn't leave you, though. that's <laughs> oh, God, the thing so it makes such an impact on you yeah. that like it doesn't leave and so these two guys uh they created this nonprofit group called game to grow and what they do is they use tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons to teach social skills to kids, to teach mind theory, mathematics, creative writing. There is so much value in this game aside from it just being a game. Uh, Like, there's this idea that at a developmental stage in a child's mind, 
they don't understand that everyone externally outside of them is not thinking the same thing that they are. Yeah. Right? And it's this, there's like a point in your development where you reach a, a, a spot of empathy in this way where you realize, oh my God, everyone does not think the same thoughts as me at the same time that I do. You know? And it's, it's this critical point where you do start to develop empathy. Uh, That's in, like at 40 for some people. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. And so in what, what's great about like how it's used specifically to like help uh, to sort of harness these, this, this special stage is that like you literally put yourself in the shoes of another. Yeah. Right. You are not Steve. Right, you are like clag. I'm a human from, metronome. From nine yeah, he's or human something, metronome. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're the metronome. This is this is why I love this. <laughs> I'm the metrosexual gnome who kind of wears a white belt and capris. And I'm a gnome. <laughs> the metrosexual gnome. So uh, I changed. I did a little voice. Yeah, I, know you, I know you guys couldn't hear it, but I changed. We can tell you. We knew you. But so uh, with, it's amazing. It's like you you get to step outside of yourself, you know, yeah. and you can leave all the worries of Steve at yep. home yep. while you you know traverse the universe in a spaceship that's hurtling, you know, faster than the speed of light, you know, and oh, and so every time I finish a D and D session. There is like this catharsis that has happened. Like I feel better sure. after I've played a game. You Absolutely. Know? And uh, and so a big part of uh, what I was doing at this school is I was trying to use these ideas that Game to Grow had for my own school. You know, and it was incredible. Like and because you have uh, students who are interested sometimes. Like there's lots of different people who are interested in it, right? But but. Typically, in the past, it's been, you know, socially distant people sure. who have a hard time. Recluses. And, 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and we can't, like, yeah. pigeonhole it. So Freaks, just those weirdos. <laughs> right. But that's the, repu that's that's the, the reputation. And so, but it, yeah. I mean, but there's some validity to it, you know, in a, in a way. And so it's, it's nice to be able to, like, reach those kids in that way and, like, see them come out of their shell because they don't have to be themselves, you know. And... The specific thing that I started really working with on Who's Your Own Adventure um, came out of a mystic experience that I had uh, that I wanted to, or, or like felt compelled to understand more deeply. And it's like I get in these rumination cycles in my mind that I almost can't escape obsessively, obsessively you know, like where I'm just like uh, pontificating the you know, my own existence, why are we here, is this meaningful, you know, and, um, and it, sometimes it's hard, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know, like, it's, sometimes it's maddening as well, and so uh, I couldn't find those words, right, it's, it's describing the ineffable is so impossible, yeah, you I know, try to spend my life I can't it. do it in words, words just don't <laughs> do it justice, you know, sure. and so the only ways that I've have these other outlets to do this is like been through music and through writing and and through gameplay like this and so what i tried to do with um the way that i've written the story uh is to to dig into those philosophical questions for myself and for everybody else uh in the group right things that we all 
relate to questions that we all have and putting them into this framework just like philosophers would do by novelizing yeah. their ideas, right? Mm -hmm. You have, uh, like Jean-Paul Sartre, he writes Nausea, right? And it's a book, it's a novel, it's fiction, but what he does is he inserts these philosophical ideas that he believes to be true into this world where he gets to create the framework. You know, so that's what I'm trying to do with the storyline of Who's Your Own Adventure is to explore some of these ideas the things that you guys talk about on the show, the things that we talk about personally, right? And putting those into a universe where we can do whatever we want. And include as many people as possible in on the conversation yes. to help co-create and, and the to, world. And to, and to get onto that, um, what Craig and I have talked about doing uh, for the the fellow Hoosiers is creating a, 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 a way to involve listeners from time to time on the show to be able to pull them in as a character. These freaks? <laughs> and so <laughs> I've been working on developing a character sheet specifically for that we could put out as a digital PDF that That'd you could awesome. print or fill form at your own house. And then I, I think that it would be cool. We haven't really discussed exactly how we would do it. It would be the fucking it, coolest. But everybody gets I think to create what would be their cool, avatar in this Yes, universe. you could create your own character. And then I think what would be cool is that from time to time we have like a thing where, you know, we pick out of this pool of people and who you're create gonna these be characters. On, your own and then we can, you know, from where you are at home, you can you could Skype in or whatever, Zoom yeah. meeting in, and we could throw you up in a little box yep. right there. See where my hand is pointing? Yeah, right, right there on here. The you could be here. Look, this, this is not, we're not you. in an existential hallway here. Yeah. yeah. This is a wall of it's green. True. <laughs> it's true. Um, and so, there. yeah, I, 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 I really you, want to, uh, I really want to be able to include the listeners too um, because I think that it's, especially once you start listening to the story, uh, uh, any of these D and D games, right? You yeah. you get hooked, you know, and you you, yes. you begin to feel like you know the players, no and doubt. like uh, and and so, but here you literally do know the players, like yeah. because we are friends and we go to these events together yes. and we have this community, you know. So we players, uh, yeah, maybe players can play. Play, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's cr it's great too because we always hear about anxiety, yeah, and it's very ironic that we kind of grew up in this 80s, 90s era of like, here's what a cool guy and girl is. Here's what a nerd is. <laughs> yeah, it was really is. bizarre. Well, it was in like, South City, it didn't it really the, exist because we didn't apex. have enough kids. Maybe the 80s were, but it was kind of the apex yeah, of, that of like the stereotype. mall. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. Stranger mid, Things. Mid-America. Yeah. yeah, Stranger Things. There you go. Perfect. And, and, this yeah. is, and this is the deal. This is like the weird overarching thing that all of this, because I think it is so therapeutic in all the ways you're talking about. And as someone who doesn't really, hasn't immersed myself in it yet, and I don't really have a problem being you anxious. You were built to yeah, role play. You are like a living role uh, that's, playing uh, That's I what mean, Craig, like, Craig's like, you idiot. Like, yeah, when you he, do when this. When he told me that you did, you we were like, left. I'm not sure. We tried. I don't know. And I'm like, I still feel weird about it. Are you kidding? Like, I don't know. I don't that you know. Are he was in a wig you yesterday. Get to, how many George wigs Washington. have you worn today? <laughs> Three. Oh, Three. I don't know. <laughs> what are the names of the people who wore those wigs? What are your characters' names? Leo Shaboom. Leo Shaboom, uh, Missouri Madman. Daniel Slinger. And uh, the other one was just George Washington. I can George tell you bags. that even if we didn't play D&D, &D, using <laughs> some of the methods to create a character in d, &D I could help you flesh out those characters <laughs> to where they have huge backstories. And then you can play them better because you know how they would react to a situation. Oh, how dare I, you make I wanna, me better? I want to <laughs> share, share with the uh, crowd... Uh, 
an, at a moment that happened with the, the three of us <laughs> and also with our significant others. I believe my brother was there. Jenna was there, and we were all just sitting around. I think it was after the sing-along, I think. Uh, and we're just having a good little time. Maybe it wasn't the sing-along. Maybe I, it was I think it was, time. maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe early on in the sing-along, or, you know, when we got back from the sing-along. Anyway, we get back there. Ryan's just finger-picking, giving us a little treat. You know, we're all singing along. Nice. John Prine, just some uh, awesome old country standards. Good, good, good time. Stuff, yeah. And then there was this hickory salesman that came in okay we were decided we were going to co-create a song and this big texan hickory salesman i didn't even know they exist all other woods are dog shit this man sells hickory and i watched steve turn into a person that, who sold hickory wood who sold hickory wood exclusively uh Better than anybody's ever sold Hickory Wood. I was at the end of this song, by God, if I wasn't thinking about... I hate what the prices are in the Hickory market right I, now. I can smell the Hickory. I, I hate anything that's good for me. You guys know that. Yeah. That's, I'm a self-saboteur. So that's why I'm like, but I don't know. What if I find my niche here? You can have a character who's a saboteur. No, I I'm, I think Although with this, I don't want to like I don't want to like give away too much, but I do think it's I think it's worth noting that like Craig in this story is playing himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can just be Steve, man. Okay, well, no, and I I, I, it, I love every aspect of it. The little thing that scared me before too is being at the house. Now that this is here, oh, and I can kind of get away a little bit, I, I want to build. A you know, cockpit that we can sit in that looks yeah. like I looks know, like space buddy. is flying around us. Yeah, we've, okay. we've talked. We've we got a set. So, there's so many ideas that we've talked about, and 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 I I am I'm beside myself with excitement. I can't wait to get started because also it's like and I, we're and doing I do, it right now. We're starting feel this, this fucking. This is already getting. <laughs> this is already. People yep. have said that. Well, you guys found the missing element of the show. Yep. You didn't know you needed. Like I was oh, like, no, I, we knew. Oh, we've been talking <laughs> we about knew. it forever. We knew. Um, okay, the the anxiety aspect of people in nowadays that if you're considered cool. You got to kind of always keep up a little bit of facade that, you know, hey, I'm always cool. It's Today, it's kind of going away, I feel like. I feel like those oh, I, I are think, I think we're getting more but cerebral we, as the digital network kind of connects at least, all of us. At least in a personal way, I thought, you know, I got to kind of look cool and kind of date cool and mm -hmm. be cool just to kind of stay out of the realm. I wasn't like I was picking, like, I never had the means to be able to pick on anybody. I was never yeah. able to do that. Would have, <laughs> just couldn't do it. Um, just never could do it. It's so interesting that Dungeons & Dragons, it helps break down that part. And if anyone needs that more than anyone, it's people who really worry about what people care about you. Because if you can go to a make-believe world and be silly, People have a, an issue being silly. They're like, I'm being silly. No doubt. I'm getting laughed at. I'm not sure if people are laughing with me. So if you can take that and, and break down people's walls, I think it helps with their anxiety. Because one of the things we hear in the cannabis industry is like, oh, I'm anxious. I'm anxious all the time. I'm, cannabis helps with my anxiety. Anxiety. I can't be around people. can't be around large crowds. And it's kind of interesting that that was the stereotype of the D&D person where if you kind of combine these worlds of being like, I'm cool because I'm cool, 
I like myself, and I can also get lost in a world of imagination because that's what I love about playing with my kids. Ivan yes. is fighting the Marvel characters in the front yard. I would, I would, so, I would, be, I would so recommend playing D&D with your kids, and I will be happy to bring my kids to your okay. house so that he can play with us because I, to, I do it with middle school kids with, at, the, at the school, right? But – uh, just because it's something I'm so passionate about, like my kids are like, what's D&D? I want to play. What are you playing? What are you doing? Right. And so I play a really simplified game with them, <coughs> you know, and I still let them roll dice, but they've created their own characters. Their characters have backstories. We've, we play adventures. We play a really simple game, uh, a 29 sided die, where we each have four attributes. <laughs> um, actually, it's 20 sided. <laughs> it's 20, 29. Two, dude, how could you even do, do that geometrically? <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> What kind of polyhedral do you think you're feeling, <laughs> sir? What a, uh, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't so, do it with these guys. Can't, can't yeah, uh, I, I play with my, I play D&D with my kids all the time. Yeah. and actually, uh, for Halloween, uh, the kids and I are going to uh, our friend's house that that I run a game for the adults, and we've been running a game with our kids over the last year or so uh, when we get together. Because that's the thing about D&D is it's like this long-term game. Right? Do people play them for years and years yes, and years? Yes, I, I, my the group that I'm actually a player in has has taken a break for a while, uh, but like I have been playing the same game for like two and a half years. Damn! You know? Because because it's not really like you don't really like win either. That's the thing that's hard for some people who play oh, a lot of games. Oh, that's gonna be right? troublesome for me there as are, well. There are elements. <laughs> well, of there it are where battles you, can you win, win but right? Like yeah. if you're fighting a troll or whatever, oh, you gotcha, could win gotcha. or lose. But like, and it's not like a you know, you're not like I'll fight I'm, somebody I won to prove I'm toast. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's in not your face, yeah. Dungeon master, I killed all your trolls, man. You know, it's You're not like that. it's just like if by the end of it we've like progressed the story and had some fun, that's good enough. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like it's I, we've, also, we've played a game where we played a mini game and I laughed my on, ass on off his that. on. Uh, you know, I, I've had the the opportunity a couple times for Ryan's birthday to to, to play in some D and D games. And I've got a character that I've used for the last few years. Bastus uh, Chaos Born. Bastus Chaos Born. He's a little. He's a he's a beardless dwarf, uh, which is like makes him a total outcast. For shame. Uh, just uh, just brought shame. Even the women have beards. He can't grow a beard. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, we the what last is it, a one, hormonal. The thing? last one that he who knows he was he was scorned by the dwarven gods. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he's a cleric. And he has healing farts. Uh, <laughs> and I want to make no, sure that No, that's disgusting. Okay. His farts are disgusting. I was over sir. here. I was over here, like waxing philosophically about how I'm trying to include all of these really heady ideas into my story, which I am. But I also want you to know that I do not take anything seriously. So, like, he's going to be rife with fart jokes. Yes. You know? like, yes. <laughs> the farts are always funny. Ben Franklin. Ripe. Dude, and funny. ripe. And ripe. Yes, uh, but w- what I was getting at was like Ryan had this great storyline played out for us, and we got into this dinner party. Oh b- my god! Bar, okay. And uh, I mean, he he's been planning this for a month or so, and all of us are there. And there's a, we we're this group is kind of first coming together. We got a couple of rogues, which you can never trust a rogue. Yeah. Uh, I had and, on either side of me, it was really anxious. <laughs> yeah, rogues. Anyway, whatever. So we're sitting at this dinner party and. The way that we had all interacted together, and I was a stranger to two of the people, and they were a stranger, you know, obviously a stranger to me. 
by the time this dinner party started, we didn't we weren't take D&D any anymore, of the yeah. social cues of like how to move this story along. Instead, it became like a dinner party with just these characters that we were in. Can I and add? I, yes, please. Okay, so the the idea for the game was like I was trying to take the movie Clue and turn it into a role-playing scenario, whereas we were at a murder mystery dinner mm. at this weird mansion and stuff, right? And so I felt like it was pretty obvious, right? Like, oh, you're all invited to this yeah. spooky mansion, and like, you know, and the, the, the host will be with us soon, you know? And so they go into the dinner party room, and they sit down, and then all of a sudden all the lights go off, right? Yeah. And when they come back on, there's this dead lady yeah. on the ground, and they just continue with dinner. <laughs> You're like, eh, all right. Well. <laughs> oh, we just figured it was a rough and tumble kind of place. And then you know? also, also, oh, Craig, Craig is like, oh, it's fine. Heal. And she comes back to life, right? But then they're bored with it or whatever. And they, they somehow, I forget what happened. I think, I think, I think the druid maybe killed her Again. After, I, after I brought her back to life. Right? Which was then so like, then okay, mystery solved. Did. The druid did it the second time, you know? And so, yeah, there, it was this amazing scenario, but the coolest part about it was like that it ceased being like we were in fantasy or in reality, but in this weird in-between yeah. space where not only in the game yes. were we at a dinner party, but here in reality we were also at the same dinner party, yeah. and it was as bizarre as the one that we were in this <laughs> fantasy world, yes. you know? Yeah. And Craig was, killed a guy in real life. I, I, I was just killing people. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. It, we, I, I, I did keep trying to like try to throw. Th- I'd try to occasionally. Yeah. I'd be like, "Okay, all the walls of the house fall off, and now you're on a cliff." Or like, you know, and they'd yeah. be like, "Yes, Meh. Yeah. this food is so good." <laughs> you know, like it was. But here's the deal. Also, for those four or five hours, I laughed as hard as I've ever like the conversation so that was taking place. Talking about the catharsis, and we'll have to run into break here in a second. Yeah. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, the like, I actually the reason I ever came, I didn't have any buddies that played D and D. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, but what I did was uh, my friends owned Meta Games Unlimited down in Springfield. Shout out to the Meta Games crew. Little tabletop game place. A lot of forty k players, Magic players. That's. I think we got into Magic, and it was through Magic that we found out, you know, about this place. And we started going up there, and then it turned into a land center. So we'd play in our Counter Strike lands and things like that. Five on five. Just before everybody had high speed internet. You could go up there and play on their computers. Yeah, you rent That's like by, nice. the t- by the time, and that was oh, before yeah. everybody had, you know, yeah. high speed internet. So that was how. Remember we that went. was a big and deal. And we would also there was ten or twelve parties. computers there, so there'd be land parties. Yeah. And, uh, eventually, you know. Technology. How, how old were you when this happened? This was uh, in high school. I mean, from but, the time I was yeah. 16, 17. Because I remember Halo being a big thing. Yeah, Halo kind of came. It was a little bit later. It was probably at 03 because you could after. play on the same network. And then we were like, well, I'll tell you what. When we went to CPL in Dallas, there was also an Unreal Tournament. Uh, uh, tournament. An Unreal Tournament <laughs> tournament. And <clears throat> there was a guy named Fatality. And he was like the first dude that like I remember making Big though. There were other dudes, I'm sure, but unbelievable. But at that point, this was 2003 CPL at the Hyatt Regency in Dallas. It was a, one of the best times ever. We've talked about it yeah. on the show before. But he was he <laughs> was making like, somebody he was up. making like four. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> that was when the meathead in me got a little upset about the recluse talking big behind a microphone. Anyway, um, 
uh, we'd go there, and Nectar was making like four hundred fifty grand a year. But my point is, is what did you get his W two? Yeah, I did. I did his taxes. No, it came out because AMD had just signed like a million dollar contract to make a motherboard uh, with his name, a fatality motherboard. And I was like, there are what? This guy's my age, and he's got like sponsorship. Oh my god, he to get you know like because of how good he was at playing games. You know what I mean? Halo and Unreal Tournament, whatever. Meta Games was this gaming store, and it was it was awesome. We'd go up there and we'd play all these different, you know, we'd play Magic or we'd play all these different computer games. But there was always the role players who would be sitting there, and it always kind of it was a good little place for role players to meet up. And these were people that, like, I would say in our waking reality, we don't share a whole lot in common. And I would overhear these conversations that were taking place, and like not not just inside of the game, but just because of how creative these people were and like the comic culture definitely crosses over a bunch and sci-fi and fantasy so like the things that they would debate within different fictional universes that they're fans of would be like it, it would just be like the deepest most well thought out arguments in a make-believe world you know and i was constantly uh impressed by how funny and creative these people could be like that was my introduction to D and i'd never i still didn't play at that point um, uh, and, and, and then like, there was a game that wasn't D and D, but it was a, a tabletop, you know, sure. uh, roll 20 type game, D 20 game. And it was like a spy game. And I, I played in that. And what was interesting about that, you were talking about how other people view scenarios and how you realize that maybe how you're seeing it is not the way to go. And I was always blown away by like the way people, the solutions people would have. And what's really cool is when you see people that are good at role playing, absolutely abandon kind of what their thought is and completely consume what their character's thought is. So this character is a chaotic, neutral, you know, person. And so even though this person's pretty level headed in real life. I get to make believe that I'm a yes. I'm, I'm kind of a wild card. There's there's a couple different ways neat. that people do it too. Like, so <laughs> when you're when you're when you're coming to like to try to decide and choose your character, you know a lot of like some good advice for first time players is like play choose something that is really close to yeah. yourself. Because That's right. That I'm way, doing it with really this. It's really easy to do it, right? Yeah. And then once you're sort of familiar with the game, then try something crazy. Because usually it's like one thing or the the other. It's like people play exactly the person they are, yeah. or they play wow, the they like anti them. You know, right. like right. and which is also fun and cathartic, and it's fun yeah, to play totally. evil games. I've played on Evil Party. You know, where we are all like, and that's where you're really like flipping, like, who is the villain, who is the hero. Isn't kind of this thing. really what we're doing anyway? Yes, Ryan? exactly. Yes. Isn't this I mean, really it is. what it's we're like doing? It's like we've created our own uh, a simulation in our mind, right, of this whole other universe that exists. Yes. yes. Why is that any less real than this one? Yeah, it's not because I'm just playing a character, Steve Elgin. Like, I remember when Cucky the Dwarf first like came out of me. <laughs> yeah, Cucky I was the Dwarf like, is oh, Cucky the Dwarf is me. D&D character. I've yes. been playing yes. fucking Steve. Algin all yes. these years. <laughs> yes. Cucky is like, oh, I'm here. Like, <laughs> these shorts, when they came on, I was like, oh. It was liberating, right? It was so, it, it was my liberating moment to be looking back on it with all of what we just talked about it yes. and thinking about it again. It was the moment I was liberated. I broke my arm. I didn't care what my work thought anymore. I was like, fuck it, man. Yeah. 
Yes. Fuck it, man. And that is a similar moment that you can get out of this game, right? Is that like you give yourself this different person to be, and it's and and you're not you don't have to be serious. You can be serious if you want. You can yeah. play the most serious character ever, <laughs> right? Or you could just have fun. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's fun for you. I don't know. Yeah. Play how you want, but like you know, uh, it's great oh, to shit. to just trade places with yeah. someone, be someone else for a while. It makes you feel better. It makes you forget about the problems that yep. you have. Yep. Not to say that like you know, uh, you don't have to come back to them and face them, but right. sometimes having that respite yeah. gives you the wherewithal that you need yes. to push through those things when you come back to reality. Sure, I'll do heroin. Much like other that. scenarios that we are similar to that as well. Hey, listen, uh, we're a little overdue for a break. We are overdue but I wanna, for a break. I want to talk, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this. We've got some Missouri cannabis news we got to cover because yeah. these people I've covered on, I'm out. covered on a, on a, on a Missouri, cannabis, Missouri podcast. cannabis podcast. I'll tell you guys right now, you've probably been poisoned. Okay, you want me to Missouri take you guys out with a song DHSS is probably poisoning <laughs> you right now. No, we're getting. I've got word that someone who had a bag in the industry is getting it tested right now. Is that going on right now? I don't know. It yeah. should be go- testing labs are going to test three. There might be mold, bud rot on yeah. the first batch yeah. of cannabis. They and it's not good it's for not, your lungs. It's not looking good, man. It's uh, not. I just saw a picture of a deer who died. The bones were there. <laughs> And they had mushrooms growing out where <laughs> his stomach probably what happened to that. I think that deer. was I think that was more likely a cow, but but they did say it was a deer, so you're you're correct, but I think the OP was wrong with it being a It looked like an elk bone if you ask me. Right. Yeah, let's Ryan, hear give us just a little taste here. going out to break. And, and then, then can we'll we play, play the whole third hour? We just come up with songs. Is there any way we can set it up so we can hear? And we'll just hit them with 40 minutes of solid music and see what kind of weird shit we can come with. I I think so. Well, I mean, the guy, people do that online where they just play music for hours. We can do anything you want to do. Well, we can do anything we want to do, guys. But if we want to sway in the direction of what I want to do, I'll be cool with it. I'll be cool with it. Thank you. 
Welcome back, third hour, Ryan. Oh, this shit is greasy funky. They said Ooh. this shit is greasy funky. They don't know how true that oh, rings. Oh, you, I do. He had some bacon this morning. I had some one of the Welcome these. back, hour three. I We're had doing a Triton. It, We're doing it a little bigger today. That doesn't look like it's good for you, bud. Oh, hold on. Don't do that. Don't. Oh, just some asshole talking shit behind your back. <laughs> you guys get I that? I freaking love it to be home. To be honest, just a good old jam session. Dig we're going right to jam We're going to jam real hard jam here. So hard. But first, if you were a patient, Steve. Yep. Uh, and you bought LSD flour. Batch ID 1A40CD 100000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000
what the growers from Oregon and California and Colorado, who are from Missouri, who have now come back to Missouri, who don't have jobs, were able to say, here's what was wrong. Because you know how you get bud rot? You don't grow it right, bud. Rot. Bud rot. <laughs> Rotty bud. You're Let me ask bud. you something. <laughs> That's how, and that messed up? Like, yes. The two, is this the two best? Is this what the state was saying when they didn't allow everybody licenses? They said, these people have their shit in order they're gonna grow the best medicine people we saw cannabis oil helping a four-year-old girl melt away cancerous cells we saw it we saw it happening we saw, we saw appetite increase we saw weight gain we saw um i mean a, a lot of sleepiness we saw um you know the the adverse effects were being real stoned that's that was the adverse effect but this little girl was on so many other drugs, painkillers, that it helped with bowel movements. It helped with uh, just about every aspect of trying to be a better human appetite when you can eat and feed your body better. And no one wants to talk about what these hospitals are feeding people. That's one thing through this journey I learned that the hospital, the food they're giving, how does the hospital not have some co-op with farmers getting the freshest, best shit ever the doctor comes in and says yeah you got all this stuff but we're gonna try to rebuild your cells yeah because we're gonna kill a bunch of them yeah i'm gonna rebuild them with the nestle corporation they they have all the snack everything in here when they were bringing out food i'm like you've got to be shitting me that this is what our hospitals are doing to people we have to take this into our own hands for real and yeah. i realized in missouri i can be arrested i think for saying telling everyone to do illegal things so yeah, that whole what? Yeah, I think you can. I think it's just Missouri. Uh, one of the stipulations, which is ridiculous. I told everyone to grow as much weed as they can. Yeah, don't do that. Grow, I'm just grow, considering. Grow. Just consider it. Can grow, I say grow with it? grow within your means? Grow, grow within, with it. Grow, grow as much weed as you as can. The state allows. Grow as much weed as you, you can. Go. That's a way to put it. Grow as much weed as you can. <laughs> is that too much? When I wink afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> I might be able. Uh -huh. Also like, say, arrest me. I can't wait till they till they use this in a court of law. And I'm like, did you not see the whole thing I've been doing for the last five years? This is a character I'm playing. Okay, yeah, for people. sure. Um, I'm, I'm role playing. We went over yeah, this I'm earlier. Cucky the dwarf. Yeah. That's Steve Elgin. Arrest guy. Cucky. Try to get Cucky. I will cucky. pay for none of Steve's crimes. <laughs> yeah. Only Cucky's. They're like, well, we got a list against that guy too. He's on a few a uh, few lists. Real quick, uh, Ricky Starling, we need to hold the testing facilities and cultivators responsible. Rush the product with incorrect drying curing methods. Then you have products sitting in a container with excess moisture. It's yep. ridiculous. Yep. Um, and then, Miss, I think to add on to the hospital thing, this has happened to me for years. Legit dying from anaphylactic shock, and they want to feed you cheeseburgers uh, could and french fries. You, could you imagine if Missy got a hold of this cannabis that was supposed to be medicine oh, it for? Would, it, would, it would. That's the problem. It doesn't really. It would wreck our home, dude. From what I found, it's it not. could potentially kill my Horrible life. for. For a lot of people, like there's not like, oh, people are dying Listen. from blood rot. Um, but if you have, you know, uh, 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 issues in your lungs, you can get spores in your lungs that cause someone a myriad asked, of someone other asked issues. Asked about burning psilocybin spores if it worked, and it doesn't. By the way, um, I've heard, I've read on the internet, it doesn't work. But it is never. But someone who isn't me, yeah, yeah. someone who isn't me said that you should not. Okay, this but leads I can me. Vouch for it them. leads me to my point. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you should not inhale spores of any yeah, kind no, into your lungs. Ooh, I have a super fun fact to add to this. Uh, what's what's our what's our typical body temperature? 
98. Uh, 98.6. 98.6, but I think it's it's going down. Yeah, and there's a reason. But do you know why it's 98.6? No. It That's what kills off fungi. The fungal barrier. Oh, right. Wow. So, so, and I mean, this goes back to uh, this is something I uh, I heard about on Radio Lab, right? And so they, um, you can go back to the to the moment where the asteroid hit the Earth and kills off all the dinosaurs, right? Yeah. And you can see that. They call it the carbon line. So when they take core samples and stuff, there's just this black line in the rock from where everything was just absolutely incinerated, right? And, and the theory is that these mammals, right, the, the reason that mammals, not, not the reason, but one of the theories is, right, is that we came out of these underground dwellings and we were able to... Uh, survive, reproduce, and evolve because we were warm-blooded, and that's uh, the fungal barrier is 98.6 degrees. And so where you don't have this maybe potential second age of reptilians, right, because lizards are cold-blooded, right, which seems like they'd be perfect for this low food atmosphere, right? Low body temperature, you don't need as much food. Yeah. High body temperature, you, you have to have enough food to keep that high with body calor- temperature. Yeah, yeah with yeah. calories. But before and after the asteroid hits the Earth, fungus is taking over the world, right? And so this is this is a theory that this mathematician and this biologist have been uh, compiling. That's interesting. Uh, that the reason that our body temperature is 98.6 is to prevent us from uh, being a host for spores and other fungi and that our body temperatures are going down and there is some worry about that because as you know things warm up on the planet and all of these tundras and permafrost is melting there are all of these ancient funguses that are being re-released onto the earth and as our body hasn't needed to evolve Right to keep our body temperature up, it's slowly and slowly going down just a little bit, just a little bit because of the invention of you know different antifungal medicines as well. So fun fact, oh, theoretical. We're fact. gonna run. We're gonna turn back into fun guys. We already are three fun what I'm guys. Gonna do, I'm gonna put a saddle on this guy and ride him into the sunset <laughs> because he's just adding value. I know. You know what? That fact was also brought to you by Bundren Property. It was. It was. I mean, they're also not just giving you by Radio Lab podcast <laughs> and the Radio Lab podcast, yeah, 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 whatever, which whatever. we will happily plagiarize. Uh, if that's it's, if that's it's the biggest organism in the world, right? A mycelial network yeah, is the that, biggest organism in. The West, world, I like, so. I'll, add, uh, I'll add something too. Guys. Yeah, good job, bud. Good job, man. Uh, this day in history, guys. Uh, 1961, brought to you by a bunch of 1961. Bob Papo. Dylan records his first album in a single day at a cost of four hundred dollars. Damn, what a bargain! Um, now that's the price of a ticket to go see a show. You know what I mean, guys? Kick back to the ridiculousness of mold in our weed. Uh, Ricky says, I can't believe, but then again, I can. When you're trying to be the first product out, you now have created product that patients can't consume, as well as have a customer that will most likely be looking into other options when they're available. People with asthma can be affected by the mold inside the bud, which scares me. It's just bad. Okay, no doubt. Uh, can I just say I love Ryan Watts, and I'm so, so glad he's here today. Craig, hug him for me. Ooh, let's see it. Maybe I will. <laughs> I'm into I it. won't do it on camera for you because I'm not <laughs> some pigs. floozy that just is happily exhibitionary on camera. Exhibitionary? Exhibitional? 
Yeah. Exhibition. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right did we figure out how to how to pipe that sound into these we, speakers? We did not. Oh yeah, we got we were. We did not. We can do Ms. Marketing and show them that. Sure, I'll show you Ms. Marketing. I don't know that it's. I don't know that you're going to be able to do that, but I will. You know I'll tell you what I'll do before I before I go to Ms. Marketing. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some. Uh, um, did you know facts? Adam McChesney with Ms. Marketing. We specialize in lead generation, filling your pipeline, and taking care of your payments. Give us a call today. Adam from Ms. Marketing took me from 10 leads to 300 leads in a month, and I became the strongest boy in the schoolyard. He increased the revenue for my uh, fit charter fishing business by 30% in one month. Ms. Marketing. What was that Facebook algorithm? What was that Instagram? Ms. Marketing. I had so much fun shooting that. Uh, Adam was an absolute natural. Is his podcast called Radio Lab? His podcast is not called Radio Lab, but NPR has a podcast. I, I think it's NPR, right? Or maybe it's just its own. Maybe it's its own. It's syndicated on NPR. Okay. But it's from WNYC. WNYC Radio Lab. It is actually a really great listen. Oh, you don't have a thing to plug that into? Not into the speakers. Okay. I'm working on it. Look I at that. I bet there's a... Uh, uh, minimizer in one of the things. I do have one of those. Somewhere. You should stand right there. It would help. <laughs> Radio Lab is a tremendous podcast. Zoidberg. I think they're calling you Zoidberg going back and forth potentially. 100% in the fact my wife. I would love to tell you about our sponsors because you know what I didn't do today and it's probably why my brain's stupid. Oh, well, my brain's been stupid today. I didn't take my native hemp extract. And when I take native hemp extract, it gives me cognitive function on a world-class level, okay? I go from being uh, uh, just a, a simple, simple little idiot to one of the world's leading uh, rocket scientists. All with a little bit of native hemp extract. Um for real though, Native Hemp Extract's great. Sweetleaf Emporium give us this studio. And this studio is going to open up possibilities for us that uh, I don't even know that we could have ever imagined. And you guys are seeing it, we're hooking, like, Ryan came in on the fly here. We're gonna get a little setup in here. I think Ryan's gonna be the new, the, no, everybody's gonna forget who Paul Schaefer even was. Uh, uh, 
Who the hell is Paul Schaefer? I think he was the guy that played keyboard in uh, Foggy Mountain Breakdown with uh, Earl Scruggs and Friends. Uh, Steve Martin also famously played on that. Ricky Skaggs, Vince Gill. Uh, if you haven't heard that tune, that's a that's a pretty good little instrumental. Um, Sweet Leaf Emporium makes this all possible. And when we got hooked up with Jason, it was like just long lost family. Uh, Jason's goals align with ours and his willingness to reach out uh, to the to the community and help uh, patients in need uh, is something that I think we value maybe above all else. Um, to one of the world's leading idiots. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Listen, James, you don't get to just uh, donate uh, a boatload of money to Aiden's Alliance and then come on here and berate me, pal. You can't do that. I don't, I, well, I'm actually into it. It's kind of my kink, if we're being honest. Embarrass me in front of all these people, James. Um, <clears throat> and then James Carlton. James Carlton State Farm, 314 961 if you're buying insurance, which if you're a responsible adult, you are, and you're not using James Carlton, you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, why don't you find yourself worthy of the best customer service? Why, why don't you think that you deserve good things? Why is it that you would rob yourself of the greatest insurance uh, uh, experience of your life? Those are the questions I want you to look in the mirror and ask, Okay. That's what I want you to ask, pal, because you are worth it. You're worthy of being tended to like you're the most important person on the planet. And that's what the team at James Carlton State Farm does, buddy. Okay? Uh-huh. So give James Carlton a call, 314-961-4800. Just give him a shot at your business. He's probably going to save you money. If he can't save you money, he's going to let you know. He's always going to do what's right by you, and if that isn't worth it, your patronage, I don't know what is. Was I over I think you might have been. Mm. Well, we'll be able to pick it up. Yeah, okay. Is three on still? Uh, or he's three. Yeah, we're good. Uh, okay. Overthinking it, Steve. You're always overthinking it, Steve. That's your biggest problem, just being too big of a brain guy. Jake Caponetto, plug you, pal. I'll plug you. I'll, I'll plug, plug you, you right fierce. now. I'll plug you hard. I will bud. give James, Jake Caponetto a little plug because he said he he came up with our latest T-shirt design. These guys. Oh, we already talked about it. We actually talked about it today, earlier. Jake. We, we actually talked about. And we it gave him zero credit. Check out Bullsworth Apparel. Check him out. Bullsworth Apparel. Be a, all he needs is a little Bullsworth. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Why a, is my brain dumb? Because oh, you didn't take, you didn't have a native hemp moment of clarity. I like Jake Caponetto. All right, what other business do we have to do before we hit him? Oh man, we're gonna... that's all the business I got to do today. We got Ms. Marketing, we got Sweet Leaf, we got Denison Freaking Collard and Native Hemp Extract. And listen, if you need eighteen hundred milligrams of total cannabinoid goodness, then enter the code HOSO like the screen tells you to, pal. All right, we love these people. Spanish Society Outreach. Spanish Society Outreach just, uh, is our little gathering place. We're going to put some events on there. They started knocking the building down next door at Spanish Society, so there's going to be some freaking parking there soon. It's going to be great. I hope those guys didn't move out that were there. They thought you were a dragon. They thought he was a literal dragon. Grand dragon. If we're, uh, just either dragon. Wild. My kids don't realize they've grown up in Afton. 
they don't realize you don't go knocking on doors down by the Spanish society. Like my old neighborhood, I was like, I didn't do that. Like when I went out to the county, it's like they would knock on people's doors and run. I'm like, you don't do that. You don't knock on uh, no, run, no, 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 no. And the next time we went out there, the people, you know, squatting in that house had obviously been through a lot in their lives. And it all culminated in a night when we were out there and we were like, oh, this is, this could turn into something here because they think Craig is a dragon. <laughs> Well, and I was in a headspace that yeah, they Craig's like I could have been convinced I was a dragon. <laughs> I'd been drinking all day. Yeah, I've been dragging all day. Yeah, I've been dragging all day. All right, let's hit them with some uh, some music. Let's just let's let our creative juices flow. We don't know what we're doing. Okay, we're gonna be able to hear it. Okay, um, do, we, do we kill our mics? Yeah, kill our mics. You're gonna have to do that over there. Yeah, that way we'll be able to hear it a little bit. We'll sound how it, see how it sounds with that mic. Yeah, guys, thank you for listening. We'll have some, uh, we'll have some more content for you, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Hey, what's what, jam? How do we, no, what do we no, 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 no. I thought we would do that at the after. end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we yeah, might yeah. be able to do it with that little voice changer. Okay. So can you guys hear that then? settling into a comfortable position. Allow your eyes to close, or keep them open with a softened case. Begin by taking several long, slow, deep breaths, breathing in fully and exhaling fully. Breathe in through your nose out through your nose or mouth. Allow your breath to find its own natural rhythm. Bring your full attention to noticing each breath in as it enters your nostrils, travels down to your lungs, causes your belly to expand. And notice each outbreath at your belly contracts and air moves up through the lungs, back up through the nostrils or mouth. Invite your full attention to flow with your breath. Rising and falling, rising and falling. Thank you. 
rising and falling. Rising and falling, rising and falling, rising and falling, rising and falling. Rising and falling. And falling. Rising and falling. Rising and falling. Rising and falling. Thank you. 
You're on, baby. How much fun is that, Steve-O? The funnest? The funnest? It, are you still playing things? No, I'm not right now. Oh. It can be. Yeah. I would do that for, like you said, you get lost in the time warp. I bet you do, because that was the funnest shit ever. That was the funnest shit ever. Meditations, just like we started out with there. And uh, uh, Parangi does one. Um, but there's a, I think I showed you, Ryan, maybe the, the Buddhist Zen monk. And he starts with, uh, kind of lays a little beat track, beatboxing. And then he goes through, plays hong drums and everything. Yeah. And <clears throat> my brother and I were sitting on the sitting on the couch i was showing him that put it on my 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 living room tv and like the two of us sat there and i mean we melted into the couch just getting into that trance and i mean there's something to be said for when steve and i went to the university of michigan last year for the psychedelic uh neurosymposium you know psychedelic science conference there was a gal that talked about ecstatic dance and about how uh these different uh shaman could reach these yeah. in, I forget how they were trance mapping. Dance. Yeah, they yeah. were they were shamanic mapping drumming. shamanic drumming and trance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they were they were showing. I think they used a control group, and then they also had people with. I think they were working with psilocybin, yeah. um, and then these these shaman that were just <coughs> using uh, drumming. Yep. And they were reaching levels. Uh, you know, I, I forget how, what the what the metric was. But they were being, they were able to. How high are you? Is what they yeah, they were. Well, they were able to like track their <laughs> neuro, yeah. their neuro activity, the brain yeah. waves. How, how did they do that? Do they have like some sort of helmet? On? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. they had some kind of uh, mapping on, and uh, they were able to do it at levels higher than the people that were experiencing the peaks of their yeah. psychedelic trips, and it's pretty impressive. And like, <clears throat> so just I, I was starting to get into that. I had. I had to go hit the drum. Like I was just like I got I got I got I got to go hit something. My tummy ache went away. Did it? Said, yeah. You danced your danced your yeah, little tummy tum away. Little tummy ache away. I've, re- I've recently been thinking about uh, loop stream, man. What's that? Loop stream. We're gonna get you set up. Yeah. I've recently been thinking about though, like uh, going back to school, you know, and uh-huh. uh, trying to to finish maybe. Or try to do maybe a music therapy uh, okay. section of it. I don't know. I'm just interested in music therapy as like a field because I feel it like intrinsically. Yeah. Like music and its healing. Yes. You know, value. And uh, and how much it's meant as like a catharsis for me to like heal my own self. Uh-huh. And like education through music has like opened my mind and heart like so wide and I want to like expand that even more sure like really learn some skills where I could like actually lead therapy sessions with music oh yeah how could and like I want to see how I can explore that you know yeah could I make a music therapy album sure without getting a degree yeah you know I want to research that thing is what I'm saying maybe not just go back to school yeah just find out about music therapy in general and how Yeah, I'll tell you what, like, I mean, also, there's something to be said for, like... Is all uh, music therapeutic? Well, for some people, I suppose there's uh, yeah. every, every I genre of... Listen, I had a breakthrough experience to the wallflowers, bud. <laughs> 
Actually, I'll Warriors do you players. one better. I had an emotional dump when it was, uh, 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 and this is fairly recent. It was, it reminded me of Adam Sandler. The song was Endless Love was playing in the background. <laughs> My endless love. And I'm sobbing in like the corner of the backyard, like trying to figure out. What ground am I even standing on? Uh, there have been, I swear, to, I, I swear I've talked about this with my Wallflowers moment that like not that. only did I experience that song in this particular uh, journey, I was present the moment that like Jacob Dylan looked at like the <laughs> bass player and the guitar player. And this is how I'll tell you right now, Jacob Dylan was wearing like a, like a long John Henley, like he would, you know, just like looking real brooding in the corner. It was 1990. I know exactly what he was wearing. I, I swear. I thought the same thing. It's like, if I wrote Jacob Dylan a letter and said, Hey man, when you wrote, when you wrote, you have to, like, I'm going to, you have when you to. wrote uh, uh sixth Avenue heartache, what were you wearing? And where were you recording it? Because I'm pretty sure I witnessed you, one of your most intimate moments of your life as just a bar fly <laughs> where I was like, I like, <laughs> It was awesome. This is when you taught me the word Lebenskunst. Oh, yeah. This is where you taught me Lebenskunst because what I witnessed in that moment wasn't just like a, a super popular song that, it, that a, lot, a lot of people loved, including myself. Uh, but it, I saw the moment where the song clicked for the band. Yes. And they were like just sitting in a groove like we might have something here. That's the moment I was present for, and I'm not sure how the hell I got there. It was like my phone booth just dropped into their fucking recording studio, and it was one of those things where I came out of it, and I was like, well, that was... I don't think I could have imagined all of those details. Why, what is going... Wow, whoa, wow, we? Like, what's going on? So, <clears throat> to say that uh, all, all medicine is, is therapeutic, uh, just know that I have had... Music, you mean? I have, uh, what, all therapy is music? Yeah, all therapy is music. Um, sure. All music is therapy. Uh, I have had moments uh, that I would have never guessed that song was going to play the soundtrack for an emotional release or an emotional graduation or a spiritual graduation. Like, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm big on the theory that music is just up here kind of floating around in the oh, ether yeah. and people like pull that, it down. It's like man. that field of love that Ram Dass talks about. It hovers above yeah. us, and at any point you can pull some down and give it to someone else. Yes. It's always there. Yes. Yeah. It, it feels very. It feels the same. And I think that, like, I, I always get into this, like, strain of thought where I'm thinking about language and, 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 and how it doesn't do certain things justice, you know? Like, I could say the word love to you, and you know that four-letter word, and you know right away, like, what we're talking about, but, like, it doesn't do justice to the, like, pure emotion of it. The same thing with life, right? Sure. It's just these little, we've, like, compartmentalized it into these sure. four Simple letters. That we've given value to, and it's supposed to, you know, express this thing that has been marketed to us over well, and over. But, and but like, even you. still, like, I think that, like, aside from the modern marketing and, and all of that, it's just like, you know, trying to condense an emotion into one word. Yeah. And, like, I feel that way with life, death, love, and music is right there for me. Yeah. As far as the same way I feel sneeze coming. <laughs> no, that was, I mean, that's... But also, like, uh, what you were saying, too, is, like, I am a person that regularly, like, I will be 
listening to a song. And I'm not talking about like a sad song or like something that's really tugging yeah. at my heart. I could be listening to like a piece of instrumental funk music. And, and this happened to me like last week. You know, <laughs> I was like just sitting at the table and like I was like, God, this song is so good. This part is so good. And then I just started weeping. You know, and I'm like, oh, why is it? What's going on? You know, like, yeah. And regardless of what, why I was so, I, I think that the reason I was so emotional about it is because it was so beautiful. Yeah. And like, I regularly have those moments where I'll hear something and every single hair on my arm stands up. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, we know that it's connected with emotion. Yeah. You know, and I want to explore that deeper. And, I, and I've talked to our buddy Josh. Yes. Uh, who will also be involved in Who's Your Own Adventure. Yes. He's an audio um, genius. He's an audio genius. Right now, he is somewhere uh, in the depths of Montana. Uh, he's been out on a quite a journey out there. So, cool. But we talk a lot about using frequencies in the music. And, mm-hmm. like, how can we use, like, for instance, like 442 hertz? You know, how can we use these different vibrations that we know have certain effects on the brain? And how can we incorporate that into our music? I don't want to, like, affect someone without their consent. But at the same time, isn't that what art is doing anyway? Like, if you're affected by it, then it works. You know, Uh, and so I'm interested in exploring not only, like, the therapeutic value of listening to music and, and, and singing music, but also, like, embedding these vibrations into my music that will have a cognitive effect on someone to like make them happier you know because of the vibrational waves no doubt man i remember on uh uh, i mean shit i remember crying at desperado one time (laughs) like fucking desperado got you dude yeah dude it just happens like that (laughs) i was like damn i was like man that is such a great (laughs) i know it hit me one day i was not even thinking no doubt um no music is just i remember sasha baron cohen uh asking trump like this is like 30 years ago And he's like, what's the most, uh, as Ali G's, like, what's the most important thing on earth? That's a terrible Ali G, but. Yeah, whatever. I got uh, yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he's like, besides ice cream or something like that. And Trump was like, music immediately. Like, music's probably. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah, like, but also, like, I don't think Trump could give you a single artist that, like, he, yeah, right. he no, wants to. No, no, no. It was just a weird thing. That yeah, I well, I think that that's interesting that he probably that, acknowledges that and. Look, I, 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 this I'm not trying turning, to make this political. This isn't about Trump in any way, shape, or form <laughs> other than, like, I just don't see him sitting down and listening to an album. He ain't got that kind of time. Oh, I could see him sitting down What's listening he sitting to down Jewel. To? Jewel, like Randy, <laughs> like, Randy, like your dude. stepdad yes, Randy. Gets all the, yeah. No way. <laughs> Foolish games. A, first off, Foolish games. A, he's, a, he's a man of taste. It would be Natalie Merchant. <laughs> oh. Natalie Merchant's great. She's all right. I, dude, Tiger Lil. Tiger Lily is one of my favorite does albums she sing, of the 90s. I'm about to thank you for it. Fuck yeah, she does. What was that song? Oh, that was it right there. The worst song. That's one that exactly like you're talking about. Like your wallflower It happened. I watched that song reduce Ryan to tears. I've seen it and me. All of us. I've it's seen it. <laughs> it's a jam, dude. She wrote jams. Carnival has one of the sickest little bass I'm still going to take dude. Jewel over Natalie Merchant all day, even though that's 
Man. They got some jams. I get it. I like Jewel. Yeah, I like Jewel. Jewel. She's a killer. Well, I remember She's getting that one of my first CDs yeah. that I got for Christmas, like the year that I got a Discman. Yeah. My parents were like, "We got you a bunch of, we got you a bunch of young people CDs. Here's Jewel. here's Jewel pieces of me. Dude, here's what's Alanis your great Morset's album? Jagged Little, Jag little Pill oh, was a banger. Here's, dude. here's Spice World. You were right? my here's, sister. I, my sister had those exact albums, and I'm like, like in I that order. I feel like they went to Sam Goody or whatever. Sure, and then whatever was on the. Popular. Like, well, they had a, and they're like, Boy, they had a most popular yeah, rack, yeah, like right in the rack beginning, rack right? Yes, yeah, no doubt. My sister though would listen to those when she went to sleep, and I'm like, this is so dumb. I think about that. I think, <laughs> about, I think a lot about like when people are like, what are the first CDs you got, you know? And when I think about the ones my parents, I can tell got, you mine. I love it. Well, because the first one I bought myself was Weird Al Yankovic, Dare to Be Stupid. Nice, right? But like, uh, my parents got me at Jewel, Alanis Morissette, Spice Girls. Uh, Michael Bolton again oh. coming up. Yeah. Uh, Elvis' greatest hits. Uh, I don't like that. How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Oh, yeah, that was, that was the real banger, little, bud. I had a little something to it. Uh, I remember I lost. What, were, what was your first, first CD? The you first CD I ever bought myself. What was the first ones you. I, had a, I saved I had up for like an world. Elvis tape one time. Uh, Beatles Anthology was my Yeah, my I saved up for an Elvis remember, one. Um, Fool's Rush In actually was a song on it that ended up you becoming my hear wedding yeah. song later yeah, in life. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, the, the I remember I got, I was gifted a lot of CDs, I Me guess too. my first ones. And yeah. I remember living on a prayer, the single. Aerosmith? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Bon Jovi. Jovi. And I, I lost that tape and I was like, Mom, where are where the fuck is it, man? Oh my <laughs> you were broken I, up yeah, over Bon Jovi. I cried. Dude, I got gifted. Uh, <laughs> I won a CD player like in eighty, like in kindergarten yeah. uh, for selling candy bars. Look at, at my you, school. Oh, but Look I was, me you. and Dale Prosser, <laughs> we, 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 hawked, we hawked some uh, candy bars back in the day. Candy it was always bars. us, one and two, candy getting bars. the top prizes and whatnot. Because your parents so would I, take them places. Damn right, my mom marching into <laughs> yeah, three bars, yeah. dude. Set yeah. that thing on yeah. the end of the bar, a bunch of drunk signing yeah. up for it. I had a nice <laughs> little racket. Yeah. All I had to do was just, I had to go around the neighborhood myself, go get some. My mom's like, if you do that, I'll bring it to work for you. Like, all right, cool. Right on. Always got the cool <laughs> shit. Desperado. You're good. You're a uh, hard one. I was like that because was... <laughs> what was I talking about? You were talking about you and Dale. Yeah. Prosser. Oh yeah. So Great. so CD. Candy so meat. I got I got a CD player pretty young, and then I like whatever BMG or Columbia House. Oh God, my sister. My got mom was big on that, them. so like I I had every CD on the sun. The first four that I got were Aerosmith, Permanent Vacation, Billy Idol, Vital Idol. Good for you. Uh, uh, White Snake greatest hits, okay, and Super Tramp greatest hits. Wow! So, wow! I was so into Super Tramp oh. for throughout my. I mean, that was <laughs> my jam. Great. Still They're to great. this day, when the when Bloody Well Right comes on, I'm like, hey, right, everybody, right. shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hear this song. Uh, that's how I'm at <laughs> with Super Tramp. Uh, those are my first four. The first one I remember like asking for and, and getting my uncle Glenn got it for me. It was uh, Soul Asylum Grave Dancers oh, Union. Yeah. 
I got the Fugees. Like I was pumped about it. I remember yeah. for Christmas, I got the Fugees. And I was like, hell yeah, with the Fugees. My parents figured it out. <sighs> oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> I believe those first four albums shaped you into the man you are today. Well, for I mean, sure. certainly the Billy Idol did, for sure. Uh, and Super Tramp, you know. I miss Sam Gunn. Breakfast in America. That was a great tune, too. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Put the kings on Take a look at my girl. I'm on love. And I must be moving on. All right, listen, guys, we're going to wrap we did, this we podcast did. up. Or this show up, but if maybe you're listening to the podcast, uh, which is available anywhere you podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, we make it easy for you to listen to it. Everywhere. Uh, Tomorrow, or yesterday's episode should be up here shortly. This is a good look. Tomorrow you'll be able to hear this one. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. This is a good look. It kind of throws it up on top of there and it can disappear behind us. Uh, I sure had fun, Steve. We have great sponsors that make it possible. Sweet Leaf Emporium. I can play with these too. Sweetleaf Emporium in in Festus is where we're at, and Farmington. Uh, they make all this possible. We're trying to build a place where a destination. We're trying to build a place that's more than just a place to get your medical card uh, or, or or get uh, great glass sculptures or get uh, unbelievable CBD products or kratom products or. Uh, Sex Panther or what's it called? Unicorn. Oh, the unicorn, well, the unicorns yeah. for the ladies, and then there's Duh. like a. Stealth Panther or something like what's it called? I don't need to get me boned up. I need to get them boned up. You know what I mean? I I feel you. Uh, anywhere, anyway, come on out to Sweet Leaf and Festus. Is. We're going to we're building a destination. I can't wait until the other side is done. We're gonna have a walk through ah, garden. Let's do some things. We're gonna make let's some magic weird. in here. And now we got Ryan in here with some with some. Oh. <laughs> oh. guys, we got to get going here oh. because we got work to do there. Oh. Uh, so uh, without. Uh, further ado, uh, Ryan, do you want to you want to go out uh, with us a little bit? And uh, as you're as you wind it down, we have a we have a little send off that we like to work in there, dude. You sure. look just like uh, the guy from Harold and Kumar. Like, how about a force? Shut up. <laughs> That's what you look like, bud. All right, yeah, I got a little mellow one here.
Thank you for joining us, friends. And as always, cow up.